Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome back to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by Bloody FM, the number one horror podcast network out there. I am your host, Michael Monroeville Mall Rothman, taking you back to Chester's Mill because, to paraphrase Patrick Bateman, we're not finished yet with Under the Dome. Now, I know what you're thinking, wait, really? And I get the confusion because, you know, after all, Rock and Randall and the gang, they hosted not one, not two three whole book episodes dedicated to King's 2009 novel. And we even added a fourth to our Patreon by covering the cannibals. So what the hell could possibly be left to discuss? What spot on the dome did we not shine? Three letters, one show. CBS's Under the Dome. That's right, constant listeners. Today we are talking about Brian K. Vaughn and Neil Bear's three-season adaptation of Under the Dome that ran from June 24th, 2013 to September 10th, 2015 and spanned 39 episodes. As is the case with any CBS show, the series started a who's who of sexy faces tossed in <laughs> with Hank from Breaking Bad. So and uh, that's <laughs> Dean Norris to all of us. Hey. I love Dean Norris. Don't get me wrong. I, Breaking Bad's yeah. my favorite show of all time. So, you know, but... Some sex appeal. He's got yeah. some sex appeal. It's true. But let's just say, if you haven't seen this show... Enter at your own risk, uh, because <laughs> we are going to be cracking open this dome once and for all. And uh, that way, by, by the time we're done with it, we could finally leave Chester's Mill and start gazing up at the skies where it's soon to be full dark and no stars. But uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, as I, as I tend to do on here. We got to talk TV. Unfortunately, I'm not alone in this lap. Coming all the way from Nashville, Jen, say hello and tell us, where were you on June 24th, 2013, and was it watching Under the Dome on CBS? <laughs> hey, this is Jen, the Monarch Adams, and uh, I was in front of my TV watching this when it premiered because I had read this book. I had really enjoyed it. I think that I, Corey and I had been married by about a year or two, and I think I had like badgered him into reading it too, you know? And so he was really excited. So we watched it as it came out. Um, he was pretty into the first season. And I think by season two, we kind of fell off. But yeah, I was there on a premiere night with bells on. Were you th- <laughs> Were you the book watcher? You're like, uh, well, not in the I book. I was. Okay. I totally was. Yeah. This podcast has uh, curbed me of a lot of that. But yeah. I was very <laughs> much a, well, actually in the novel. <laughs> I, I remember when I watched uh, One Flew to the Cuckoo's Nest with one of my friends like years ago and he had just finished the book and he's like, wow, this isn't really like the the book. This is, you know, it's actually from Chief's point of view and all this. Other. And I was like, I, I don't care though, because I love this movie. So let's yeah. just keep watching it. And so, I, but I've been there. I've done that before. Yeah. I certainly have done you know, that before. That's one of my favorite books, but I still have never seen the movie because I heard it was different. Uh, I was like, oh, great movie. I, w- I will watch it. 
Yeah. Do you know uh, Michael Douglas produced it? Uh, he was in his thirties, <laughs> so yeah, he won a be- he won a an Oscar for that because he won the Best Picture. So how about that? Good good, good job on Michael Douglas. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, also not in uh, in this uh, show, Michael Douglas. <laughs> Imagine if he was Barbie; that'd be interesting. Well, you just heard her. Uh, next up, from downstate in Illinois, Ashley, you are on all three book episodes of Under the Dome. Are you domed out, or did CBS's Under the Dome bring you right back? <laughs> this is Ashley. Where's the meth, Cassidy? <laughs> I was really upset. That there was no meth. And maybe the meth comes later, but I feel like the meth's not there. You know what? I was super domed out. And I didn't get as far as you guys did in the miniseries. It's not a miniseries. In the series. But. Not a miniseries. I am kind of interested. (laughs) I am kind of interested now. Especially reading like the synopsis of later episodes. I'm just like, how did we get here? I have to know. So yeah, I'm, I'm not domed out just quite yet. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And I, we have our next, our next co-host uh, might actually have some answers for you because <laughs> I'll say she's the furthest uh, when it comes to Under the Dome on a line all the way from the Lone Star State. Tell us your experiences <laughs> with both the book and whether or not you were also waiting week to week in the summer of 2013 in Chester's <laughs> Mills as CBS's <laughs> Under the Dome was taking the nation by the storm. This is Anna Marie the Egg Cox. Nice. Nice. I uh, gotta protect the egg, guys. Yeah. Gotta got protect it. the egg. All hands on deck. <laughs> yeah. Are we the four hands? I think, I think so. Are. Yeah. Yeah. I called you in your That doesn't bode well for me though, because I I guess I have to be between what is the the kid from um We Bought a Zoo or uh Junior. I think I'm gonna choose the kid from We Bought a Zoo. Skeleton Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember being excited about the TV show and then really like tapping out quick. Like it, it, Same. it was, I was like, Oh, you know, and also we were like, we were getting, I was when I watched this and I did watch all the way into season three, I was like, wow, this is like kind of pre peak TV. It's like TV is just peaking, you know, yeah. and this is bad like this is like (laughs) this is the opposite of prestige tv right and like prestige tv was like kind of just really like game of thrones and stuff right and i believe that i was like out of there for you know whatever was fancier at the time yeah i did read the book i purposely did not reread it before doing this because i wanted to like not be the guys yeah in person i know that i did not love the book yeah. And I think that it's funny, the show takes from what I remember being bad about the book and just doubles down on it. Just like, just like takes, yeah. <laughs> takes the stuff that was kind of fishy about the book and like decides that's going to be the central thing that they do. But the God, it's just, it gets so stupid. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 I ha- you. I'm not even mad, you know? Yeah, yeah you're like yeah. impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. I, I was delighted. I will finish watching it after we record. Why, That's just why commitment. did CBS do this? Well, like just we'll in get general? into that in a, in a, in a, <laughs> okay. in a second. I have some the, answers. the rapture drug? <laughs> I need yeah. answers. I, I've got I some answers. I got some answers, okay, rest good. assured. I, I did want to, the, the, the topic of PTV is really interesting because, you know, one of the stars, as I mentioned before, is Dean Norris. And at the time, 
He's like in the midst of finishing Breaking Bad, yeah. which is, mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I love that show. Early it's peak TV, a- absolute yeah. peak. T- yeah, and Still like, one of the greatest. Shows. So it is interesting to see him in this transitional moment for him, is at least in his career, where you're like probably dealing with the hardest hitting drama that's <laughs> ever hit cable television. To hey, Barbie, step away from the dome. Step away from the egg. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah step away but from the also egg. Dean Norris, I feel like was born to play Big Jim Rennie. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he casting wise, yeah. I can't mm. think of a better actor. So maybe he felt that too. Maybe he was like, you know what, I can't pass this up. This yeah. is me. Yeah, it's true. 2013. It's interesting too, though, because it's 10 years now, which is wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I really wow. Like when I think about the yeah. albums that came out there, because at the time I was in the music industry, it's like they still feel new to me. And I guess that says I guess they'll always feel new to me because <laughs> I, I guess I'm at that age now. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, yep. yeah, hi, they're new band. It's like, no, they've been around for 15 years. All right, cool. Where were you in, in 2013 in terms of like pop culture? Like, what was what were you obsessed with? Was it Stephen King? Was it Under the Dome? Was it Breaking Bad? What was, you know, if we go back to 2013, what, what are you probably going to be watching on the television? Uh, Jen, I'm, I'm interested to hear your, other, other than obviously you were watching Under the Dome, but what, what else were yeah. you watching Breaking Bad? Because I know that me and you met because of Breaking Bad. So Yeah, we did. I think I tweeted, you were like, hey, can anybody talk about Breaking Bad on a podcast today? And I said, yep, I can. And my sound was terrible, but it sure was fun. <laughs> but yeah, I was really into Breaking Bad, although we did not watch it until we binged it right before the finale. So yeah. that was when we kind of fell in love with it. And it was like, Huge gut punch. That's a hard show to watch all at one time. Mm, It really is, yeah. Ozymandias is still one of my all-time favorite episodes of TV. So, yeah, and I can't really remember what else was on, but we were very into, like, TV. I wasn't potting. I wasn't writing at the time, so I was just kind of, I don't know, watching what was on, you know, and, like, I don't know, enjoying media, (laughs) you know? Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. That's true. Okay. There That's good. There was some good horror TV on at the time. I was remember... American Horror Story around at that point? No. Nah, well, Guys, I think House they... of Cards. They... Oh, oh that's I was, true. I was into House of Cards, yeah. I was into House of Cards until, oh, they... well... Yeah. Was, but that was yeah. when as a Sleepy former DC journalist, I had a lot of problems with House of Cards. Yeah. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow had aired. And I remember I was that. Super into Sleepy Hollow, and then I the that other one. horror, the other one, Peaky Blinders had aired. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, Oppenheimer. Grove. Oh, I remember Hemlock Grove. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of like horror television at the time under was- the dome. Was Hannibal on yet, or is it already gone? Hannibal. Or I think I it started in 2013, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Hannibal. 
Good times. Yeah. 2013. Yeah, 2013. Oh, Bates hey. Motel. That was the other one I was thinking. Wow. Bates all right. Motel was yeah, also that. airing at the time. Okay. So I was briefly living in Chicago. Kind of a... Oh, were you really? Way, 2013. Yeah. yeah, I was teaching at U of C for like a semester. Oh, so. I, I just found out recently that I've been, well, Ashley will love this. Is, so I bought a book over the weekend because uh, there was a Halloween display at our bookstore that we liked. And they're like, oh, spooky haunts in Chicago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that seems fun. And so I like been started to read it. And apparently like like USC, USC like in, a, in the Museum of Industry and Science Sense down there, crazy haunted because that was like right around the time, that was like right around the area where they had like the World's Fair and everything. So it's oh, like- yeah. That is whole, that's all, that whole area is like, was built for the World's Fair. Did you, uh, know, the, did you know the UFC football team is the original Monsters of the Midway? Oh, I did not know that. And yeah. Did you see okay. any ghosts when you were living? I campus tours at UFC, so don't get me started. <laughs> okay, I, I won't. I won't. have the trivia, so yeah. <laughs> I will, and I will use it. Now, um, I wanted to say also, I was looking at what was, came out in 2013, and the following, or was it that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, Kevin Bacon. And, Kevin Bacon. Oh, I remember watching yeah. it. I love it that show, and now I cannot remember a single thing no, about it. I did that too. Because <laughs> that show serial like, killer? went hard. Yeah, and like people got buried alive, and like they were Ooh. killing kids. Like that was a hardcore show. Great year for horror television, it seems. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this feels like, you know, I often say about like, lifetime shows like there's got to be some kind of like you yeah. just show up somebody does your hair you like emote and you kiss some hot guy and then you get a paycheck and like there's that kind of tv and then there's breaking bad and this feels like somewhere in the middle so i wonder yeah. if like dean norris was like i want to get paid by a, a network you dean know norris, and i want to you know by the way because he's so good in this like mm. it stands out right because totally because everybody else everyone's is a CBS really, actor. Not no. everyone's great. Not everyone's yeah. trying. trying. I really yeah. believe that everyone's <laughs> trying. Yeah. But like, not everyone's great. And he's fantastic. And he grounds the whole thing. He's given an impossible job with this character that has like complete personality changes from like mm. scene to scene mm -hmm. yeah. and still somehow makes it work. Did you know he went to Harvard? What? And really? the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts? Oh, I interesting. Mean. Yeah, yeah, he was a valedictorian <laughs> of his high school class. I like did all this. He was a valedictorian of his high school class in South Bend, Indiana, was in this like student production company that did a television show. I guess it's sort of infamous in South Bend. Like his high school has like a, you know, comedy show that goes on the public, was on public access. Yeah. And then he was in Hasty Pudding Club at Harvard huh? and then has like a graduate degree from Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Like... Oh and God. it all led to Big Jim. It all led to Big Jim Rennie. And thank God for that. <laughs> thank God. Well, there is an interesting seg here. And I, you had no idea that you were setting me up here. Because guess what? Showrunner Neil Bear, he's a Harvard medical graduate. And we're going to talk all what? about him in our next section, Daria Public Library. Mike Hanlon, if you see... Excuse me, sir. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do? Well, you better let the poor guy out. Yeah, Mike Hanlon. Did I have to go? Did I have to get cleaned up? Tell him. Tell him. Tell him I'll see him tonight. Get out. Last chance, don't you? Get out. Get out. That, that a seg like that is never going to happen on this show. That's never going to happen. That is I, when, I, when you said you I was like, oh my god, it. I have to jump on this. Uh, so all right, so in the Dairy Public Library, we're going to talk about the production, the crew behind all the magic on screen, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that applies to the small I mean, screen. So much about the production. I, 
this happens every time. You know, we, we, we go to these crazy things that we watch and we learn everything that we would never need to ever know about. Like, I mean, Return mm-hmm. to Salem's lot. We know everything. We're a pro on that. We're a scholar on that, that movie now. <laughs> no one is, you know, God bless Larry Cohen. Uh, so let's, let's, uh, you know, we've, we've got some, some stuff to talk about. We're going to do a little rundown that we can piggyback off of that offers some trivia. So the show was developed by Brian K. Vaughn, uh, American comic book and television writer. He's best known for the comic book series Why the Last Man, Ex Machina, mm. Runaways, Pride of Baghdad, Why the Last Man. Saga, Paper Girls, which all those oh. are great. All those are incredible. He was a writer, story editor, and producer of the television show Lost during seasons <sighs> three and five, which totally makes sense given this show and where it goes. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a smoke monster in this show. Is there really? Maybe oh, it's, yeah, sorry. sorry. Maybe it ties to... I'm the only person that's, like, watched. <laughs> it's, I, I get to see it as, like, Vaughn's like, you know, we didn't really get to develop uh, the smoke monster enough in season two mm-hmm. of Lost, so we're going to we're bringing him back. So Vaughn has won 14 Eisner Awards, 14 Harvey Awards, and a Hugo Award. But here's the thing. Vaughn exited stage left at the end of season one. <laughs> so, no. so that's fun fact there. But he did, he stuck around Why? just enough. I, well, he, he just said personal <laughs> yeah. reasons. I imagine he was probably uh, none too happy with uh, yeah, some the of the creative the antics differences. A little yeah. bit. But he did stick around to kind of help shape up uh, season two with, uh, with Bear and King, which is uh, how nice of him. Uh, now, I mentioned showrunner Neil Bear, interesting guy. I, I kind of uh, screwed the lead on this one, but he's not only a television writer and producer, but also an American pediatrician who had uh, graduated, as I mentioned before, from Harvard Medical. And I always find it curious when you have these doctors that cross over into Hollywood. It's yeah. got to be like a nice insurance to be able to lean back on the medical industry. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, this, this incredibly lucrative career that you could have. Well, you've just stumbled into another lucrative career for yourself. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. I'm... I can lean back on writing, which is going to be the replaced by AI. The stakes are a little lower. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't get the show. Didn't get the job. The, the the show. I guess I got to go back to making, you know, two hundred thousand yeah, dollars yeah. a year. Yeah. All right, if Plus, not more. Plus, he knows what a cow split in half looks like. He does. They, well, I love good. that they go to that. That's just like they must have spent so much money, done so yeah. much research, and it is there every time. Just there it's, every time. <laughs> like we're going to milk this. Milk it. For as oh. much as we can. <laughs> I, d- I doubt that it'll be the last pun that we use tonight. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. So, we met listeners? <laughs> well, he would know a lot about the medical field, which would come in handy for Under the Dome, but especially for the show that he originally hopped on, which was ER. He was the executive <gasps> producer and Sherry writer Stringfield. on the early wow. seasons. Chicago, speaking of the connection, what we were talking about yeah. before, Chicago connection. Well, that makes Love sense ER. that that would be how he dipped his toe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyone watch ER? I watched the first. I, I watched it with my mom yeah. every week. Sam, yeah. Sam. Mm-hmm. I stopped when the tank attacked the hospital, though. That was my. Well, start, the start. I, I went. Is it, it's gone, right? It's over. Yeah, it has it, to be. Thirteen okay. years, I think. When when well, Uncle Jesse's on it or was on it. Uncle Jesse was when, on it. Yeah. When uh, when Clooney left, like when that did was, Clooney oh, leave? Sam, I don't think Sam. I watched past Clooney. He left after four or five seasons. Yeah. He was still yeah. good for like, I think up until season eight or nine, I was really into it. But then, you know, it got really, a tank it attacks gets, the hospital. Like well, it's just a plot line. Did, so. did, did an do, island appear you know. in the middle of the hospital where it suddenly didn't. other people were like, <laughs> <laughs> One doctor got attacked by two different It's like the tailies. They have a tailie problem right? in Under the Dome. <laughs> yes. 
Well, <laughs> like, I guess they've been hiding this whole time. Yeah. Well, the reason why Bear is probably a good choice, too, is that so in addition to ER and, and knowing how to stretch a story uh-huh. in a one location thing, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, he was uh-huh. also the executive producer and showrunner for from season two until season 12. So <laughs> wow. let's okay. just say... I think Bear He's knows how experience. to keep this going for to keep the wheels <laughs> turning. That's um, prime SVU time too. Like those. Oh, are is it really? Seasons. And I've, that makes a lot of sense to me because what I kept on thinking about this show is that it was like Lost walked into Days of Our Lives. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah, because it has like the kind of serial relationship weirdness and like mm-hmm. you know problem of the week like there's some really urgent thing that that everyone's lives are at stake and then it gets resolved yeah right yeah and that feels like a very daytime soap opera thing to me yeah. but also very sbu yes like a yeah. serial uh show yeah, yeah. not serial episodic procedural yeah it's like yeah but there's like a new thing the dust storm was last week Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, like now we there's have caterpillars and they're everywhere yeah. and they're eating all yeah. the crops. We can't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of curious because with network television and watching, cause I don't watch a lot of it and I, I used <laughs> to, I used to, no. oh, I used yeah, to love why? it. I used to love it. I mean, I, yeah. I grew up, I was a latchkey kid. So I like grew up on network television, but like Dang. the thing is, is that I do forget just and, and Sammy had to remind me about this. It was just like, yeah, they need to make these shows so that you anyone who stumbles in on like like minute thirty three knows everything that happened in the first two seasons <laughs> in like <Right>. five minutes. <laughs> and it's like every time they do it, it's like the exposition is just off the wall all the time. But also, Wait, like if you guys get to season three, like the exposition is it's just insane. I, just it goes goes I, all the all I almost the place. don't want to tell you. I mean, I want to tell you, but I, like I think we should do a watch along. I think point. I'm just going to background this and just like and get to the end of it. I mean, right? I, okay, you know, I got to know about this kindred. You know, yeah. So the thing is also is the ability to just flip relationships on a dime is something totally. that I would say is is wild in this show. Like, thank God yeah. for Dean Norris, man. I mean, seriously, like. Yeah. Like he, which is he not helps that so much. It's so ridiculous, and without him, it would just be. It's already laughable. I literally lol so much. Yeah, yeah. but it's not like that in the book. The allegiances yeah. are established pretty early on, and there's really no flipping, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which makes it a different kind of interesting. I think, but yeah, I even noticed. Like I said, I didn't get nearly as far as anyone else. I got like half halfway through the first season. And even in that amount of time, it was like, whose side are you on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> are you it's, a good character or a bad character? What do you character? want in this situation? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, and this is, this is going to be a theme I'm probably going to beat to a pulp or maybe a cow, a <laughs> uh, dead or a cow of this, where, you know, you had the stand where oh, there is a lot of flip flopping going on there. And they said, you know, 10 episodes. I think that's good for the stand. And then under the dome, <laughs> which is literally a fucking story that takes place un- in like a, in, a in less than a week and has a time, you know, time limit. They're like, you know what? I think maybe we could possibly do five seasons of this. Like, are you, uh-huh. like what? Like, and it's CBS. CBS did both of them. <laughs> they did both shows. Like, how could you? Not, like, how do you screw that How'd up? You make anyway, this decision. So, except, I, question because. What what astonished me watching this is that in the intro, every time they do the intro, they're like a week ago yeah. the dome <laughs> fell, right? Two yeah. weeks ago the dome fell. Yeah. Three weeks ago the dome fell. 
that like so much shit happens over yeah. it's like 13 it like i kept on being like like i said in the first season they go to fucking like mad max thunderdome yeah. and it's like in ah, two days yeah they're like well, you know like, it's you know it, it is you know like primal you know fear like happening and people are like at their worst like we have mm. descended into last days yeah after I mean, two days after two and days like, yeah they must drink the most coffee of anyone in the world because they're like after three days they're like we're gonna run out of coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the, in, the supplies in, limit is ridiculous like i've lasted epi- a while and you know go for it Ashley. sorry no i was just gonna say in episode two i think it was episode two is when the the cop like freaks out and like shoots. He's like, "We're all gonna die in yeah. here!" And yeah. then, like, the dome yeah. came down like <laughs> earlier that like day, 12 hours ago. and it was yeah. like, "Can we pump the brakes? You don't even yeah. know what's going on yet. You technically don't even know it's a dome yet." And right. he's already yeah. to be fair, and stuff. He had drunk fifteen cups of coffee that day. So <laughs> to be fair, yeah. everyone they were like, here. And also, I guess, did y'all get, get to Phil Bushy going from being, like, hipster dude to fascist cop? I know! Like, that is the craziest 180. <laughs> that makes no sense. It's I, not I like, crazier who than is this character? Phil Bushy in the book to Phil Bushy in the television show, which gave me fucking whiplash. What was that? Yeah. yeah. so like much a stoner who, like, gets so high he starts hallucinating and then blows up the whole town? He was a meth uh, yeah. cooker and mm-hmm. and abuser. Yeah, he's just yeah. like a meth head in the middle of the woods cooking meth so, the whole book. I appreciated the diversity of Chester Mills or Chester's whatever it's called. Um, that was fun to me just to be like, were they just threw out the door the idea that there would be any racial strife or whatever. Great. Yeah. 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 Like, let's just, it's already okay. fantasy Blind land. casting, do it. Yeah. yeah. Do it. it. But explicitly hipster dude. Oh, right? yeah. Like this becomes like a very serious like law and order cop, Uh, Um, you know. And then there's another one that's really funny. Oh, um, Junior, um, which I remember being him being a psychopath. Yeah, in the book, and then he becomes spoiler alert. He's kind of a hero. Yeah, that's and a dreamy hero. The the cross sections of where they're going with the character, it's gonna be an interesting. The heroes and villains is gonna be very oh, okay, uh, sorry. bizarre. No, no, this is, this is no, this is good though because I the thing that you the, what you mentioned earlier with the time is so funny to me because it it does remind me so much of like in Wet Hot American Summer. They're like, all right, we're going to town. Who wants to go? And then they go and there's like a whole montage where everyone just like loses their mind and they're like, you yeah. know, they they all become like drug addicts and then they come uh-huh. back and they're like, it's always good to go to town even for an hour. Like that's literally yeah. what it feels like in this show. Like it's mm-hmm. it's crazy to think in like by episode five just how much shit is happening already and yet we still have like eight more episodes to go it's like they they loaded up like eight different arcs in one episode and it's like all right we're gonna can you like stretch this out a little bit it's like it is it it is telling how this does fall right around the peak tv thing because whereas you know with peak tv and and breaking bad is is very interesting too because breaking bad is very procedural because a lot of the show a lot of the episodes are dedicated to all right how do we get out of this thing it's like almost like um you know, watching like Discovery Channel sometimes, and uh, and then go or MythBusters going into like you know a, a long arc about a meth dealer. But this show wants to have it you know both ways, where you know the the days are lies and the lost comparison so perfect because it's like 
it doesn't know how to really reconcile the two of them because yeah. there's like there's like these long arcs that happen, but you forget about the long arc because so much of the the time really is dedicated to the monster of the week, so to speak, or the problem of the week that would be the, the days of their lives soap opera. And I it, it is it's just it's wild to me, and it, and it's also telling because I feel like Lost had this problem also, and. Yeah. There are two folks that are masterminds behind this. Neil Bear, I mentioned before, but also Jack Bender, who directed a number of the episodes of this show and also directed a huge swath of Lost. It's just, I feel like this is coming off the tail end of a run of network television shows that are trying to grasp at all the new sort of framework that television is advanced to in the cable you know, network area. And they're like not getting it yet. <laughs> like it's all it's it's like just touching it. We were like, ah, we know we look good. The production values are much better than they were in the nineties and the eighties, but we still don't really know how to juggle this stuff. And I think that's kind of I don't know. It's I, I can't I couldn't tell if it's just the people behind it or if because they had too big of a sandbox. Like yeah, yeah. This, you know, what do you think, Jen? I think it's the biggest problem I have with the show is it's too sanitized. You know, it's like it can't ever go as far as Where Breaking Bad does to. because it is on a basic cable, you know, and it's got to still appeal to the Not dad. even basic cable. It's on network television. Well, that's yeah. right. Network yeah. cable. Yeah. But it's like because this book is really harsh and there are some yeah. really awful things that happen. And I think one of the biggest problems with the show is how like – like lame the villains feel a lot of times compared to the villains that I read from the book. And I think that's the, why it just never feels impactful enough because it can't go far enough. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. You problem. can't really feel the danger. Yeah. You can yeah. only yeah. cut cows a ha in, in half so many times. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and you can only throw, you know, how many nuclear bombs as mm -hmm. a character so often Again, like you can't feel that sense of fear from this character because they're going to be your best friend and they're going to be on your side tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, and like the Vanderpump stakes rules. are <laughs> nil. Yeah. Yeah. For a show about a town under a dome, right? Hundred percent. Because agree. they solve every problem. Yeah. Like they and, keep on by saying, the end of the episode. Like, oh, by the end of the episode, and it, they keep on saying to each other, "Things are going to get really, you know, if we don't solve this, people are going to turn on each other." And, and it's like, where's your proof? It. Because right. you know and, and then they solve that. it, or people turn at each other, but then there's like a speech or something, and then mm. people are like, okay, uh, I guess we'll right, share, share resources now. Yeah. But what I was going to say about the disturbing stuff in the book versus this is that I can't remember the actors, actually, the guy that plays Junior, it's something Koch. Alex. I Koch, thought he was right. actually pretty good. I do too. Uh, I, I, have some, I, liked him. I have some favorable I stuff. I thought when he was crazy, Junior, sorry. Don't mean to be ableist in my language, but like when he was <laughs> that's a scary weird. stalker junior. Yeah. He was there's genuine menace and genuine like just dis disturbing quality to that storyline, right? Oh and yeah. He yeah. brings a sense of threat. And when there's that period where people don't know that he's done this and you don't, you know, we I don't know what's gonna happen to Angie, that's genuine suspense, genuinely yep. disturbing. And then they just take that away. I know. That's, <laughs> they just take it away. Like that's, he becomes that, a good guy. <laughs> that's a microcosm for the show at, a, at, at the whole. Yeah. Is because yeah. like when they keep fumbling those situations, it, you can only do that so many times before you realize like, oh, nothing matters anymore. Like, yeah. this, exactly. It, you know, Nobody's and I, really going to die. And no well, one really dies. Yeah. I know. No I mean, one it, actually dies. Well, the thing that's... Well, the, yeah. yeah, there's one that I was I remember getting to and I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we just mentioned her. But the thing that I, the thing that's so staggering to me about when I found out the background for this is that it, it that was the loss problem. It was like mm-hmm, every yeah. week something would just come in. You never got the sense that they had any idea what the end game was. And the irony here is that this isn't like a Game of Thrones situation. They have one book. It's done. It's literally <laughs> beginning to end. Like, how do you fuck that up? Like, how yeah. do you not have an end game? Like, it, it's just baffling to, to me. Like, I, I, I remember the end from the book. And I kept yeah. on thinking, like, watching the first couple of seasons, I'm like, how are, like, wh- where are they going to get their playful Alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Are we going to make it to the <laughs> aliens playing the video game? No? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, Instead, we get Marge Herbenberg. Her, 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 I, oh, I can never her say her name from, from Species and CSI and, and also Tommy Doctors. She plays, um, unfortunately, she's, she's a weak link in this oh, no. FSA. Like Bummer. she plays, um, no, same. She's, I feel like I can't not see her as a CSI character. She's like yeah. sassy, but yeah. you know, authoritative and like kind of sassy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not the best mom. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. She is that <laughs> character again. Um, and it, I, I'm sorry. If we get to see, talk about season three, I'll try to explain like what. Oh, we got to, uh, but... because this show has 800 <laughs> characters, I've, I've got an interesting way of how we're going to incorporate some of them. So let's, Uh-oh. let's get there. Uh, but, we, but, but, but behind the scenes, we still got a couple more people oh, I got to mention, because okay. we've got a laundry list of executive producers that attach to this. Steven Spielberg. I mean, it's weird because mm-hmm. we've, we've wanted, I, we've talked so much on this show about how the equivalent to King is, is Spielberg in many ways, just because of, you know, Honestly, they their debuts were around the same time. They've managed to have the ebbs and flows. They've changed and shifted gears in what their careers have done. And they've always wanted to work together. And I know that Rose Red was supposed to be something that they they were supposed to work on uh, together. And ultimately, that didn't come to fruition. I had no... I just totally forgot that this is where they crossed paths. And it made me wonder, like... Like how involved? Like there's no there's no fucking way that Spielberg was that involved no. in this, this show. Like I guarantee he like walked on the set once and he's like, oh here's my hat, I'm gonna leave, bye. Mm-hmm. Like you know that's it. So I just was I just love whenever he has his name hop on this because like usually like you can kind of tell like in the, I mean you obviously in the 80s he was all over the place. I mean in every one of the movies he's you know he touches you're like oh yeah I get this, but this I just I just don't see this the the, the Spielberg touch. But another big name, the music. WG Snuffy Walden. Yeah. From My So Called Life. (gasps) From My So Called Life. Amazing show. Best show. Amazing music. That's where I got like my music as a Gen Xer. Like that's. Same. Like the Temple single soundtrack. Oh, oh, same. Oh, I I just changed (laughs) my poster. The Repo Man soundtrack actually for me. Oh, Reality, Reality Bites, Bites is going, yeah. This, God, I can't believe you name-checked the single soundtrack. I've, I literally just changed my poster. <laughs> it's Heat now, but I had singles behind me beforehand. But I, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, WG, from also The Stan. So he's our, yeah. you know, our guy from... Uh, I don't think you know, I the, even the, the, noticed the music. I, I did not it. either. I didn't either. No. In season three, there's a Ramon scene. Oh, okay. Oh. So, little King's Dominion then. Yeah, and uh, there's a there there's a couple of needle drops in season two where I was like, oh, the '90s, like, or like it felt like. I mean, I, that's weird to say, oh, the '90s, but like, yeah, it felt like I was listening to '90s. I have no. Don't it's a shame about Ray came on the radio today, by the way. I oh, I love that song. Good song. Good song. Yeah, I w- one one thing I did think that was interesting is that with you're right, Ashley, with Walden, like I always can tell like his work, and it, I mean, I love his yeah. work in in Friday Night Lights. And he was just coming off of that with, uh, you know, going into the here. 
and just absolutely non-existent. And yeah. I, I remember like the M83 song from season one more than I do than anything else. But yeah, you could so. have told me like, it was weird that the show had no music and I would have been like, oh yeah, it didn't have any music. The theme song, well, oh, the that, theme song the, the was opening, just it's like, like, it's like lost. Chester's mail. Like the only music I'll remember is the music, the bed underneath the dramatic sign exchange. I have to see this of you. We have to like, I really want to get everyone to watch this together. I, I'm, I'm like imagining a clumsy version of like Denis Villeneuve's arrival where like they're using the signs and stuff. Oh. And just, you know. It is. It is like that. <laughs> it just, is. And it's just like, it's, uh, I really, I have to finish this. It, it's so funny that like, I know. I'm going to go finish it before we did this, you know, after we do this episode, but I, I, I I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. And when you get to that scene, just, just text me. Just I will. Like, I will. Uh, so you mentioned this not having the grip. Right. So one of, here's a reason why. So I, I pulled this from Wiki, but because uh, they have like a pretty great timeline on how this project came to fruition. So it was first announced in November 2009, which is the same month that King's novel was published. So, you know, one of those rare instances when the rights are picked up early and it actually happened versus nowadays when we hear about things like fairy tale going to Paul Greengrass and uh, well, nothing happens. Yeah, Granted, yep. we have the strike, but you know, still, I guarantee that this movie is never going to happen. But it almost didn't for Dome because two years after that announcement, so obviously this stuff took some time, Brian K. Vaughn, he was hired to adapt the novel as a series, and then it was attached to Showtime. But oh. Showtime president David Nevins felt it wasn't really right for the network, so he kicked it over to CBS, which is part of that. And the president at the time, Nina Tassler, then gave it to, you guessed it, the guy I just talked about, Neil Baer, who was under fresh contract with uh, CBS uh, after leaving he left Law and Order SVU, to to get a contract with with CBS. So this is you know his first big you know big gun thing. After that, the question I have is we and we kind of are a little bit answered it, but is this show better on Showtime? Even if they're just saying yes. like shut yeah. the fucking dome yeah. down, uh, yeah, okay, yes. absolutely, yeah. There's Dexter yeah. maybe pops up, you know. I mean, oh, here's Dexter the popping thing. up. Okay. Like, yeah. the- I wonder if it'd be less violent. On it, it might they could be. do more sex because there is like everyone in this town has a gun, has more than one gun. Yeah, like yeah. it is. They are packing heat. I don't know. That's they true. never really say where in. Do they? It's filmed in North Carolina, but yeah, it's. Do they it's, say where it is. I don't think they say the Maine show? though. Maine. I don't remember them saying Maine, but I no, assume it's it not was. Maine. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like Maine. Yeah, it doesn't look like Maine. Well, especially so, when they're like, we were driving the California couples, like we were driving through, and I was like, driving through to where? Like, if this yeah. is in Maine, where were you mm-hmm. driving through to? Well, the reform <laughs> school. Drop her off at like, reform school. But would you drive cross country to reform <laughs> well, school? No, take a take a flight. What is this like? Nineteen sixty-five. Yeah. So I was like, thinking it's you know, maybe it's like. Nebraska, like I don't know, like it's yeah. someplace not Nebraska, like Kansas. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, that Kansas. would make What's more sense. What's the matter with Kansas? What's the matter What's... with Chester's Mill? <laughs> I do I... think that it's a better show on Showtime for the sex too, but also, I mean, you know, I get the change in Junior. It was a very predictable take, especially mm-hmm. primetime TV, because Junior is a full-on serial killer, 
necrophiliac rapist within the first few chapters of the book. I knew that's not what was going to happen. <laughs> oh, you don't yeah. think it was going to be like, hey, stick around for Hawaii Five O and yeah. stick around, you know, as the, the scenes happening. Yeah. yeah, living in this closet with two corpses that he calls oh. his yeah. girlfriends and like yeah. pets them. Like I knew that wasn't going to happen. But there was no very, very, very few stakes. I knew that Angie was not going to be killed by him in the first episode. Like, I just knew yeah, that right. that's not where they're going to take it. And uh, it's just there's no suspense. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and you can you cannot curse and you cannot torture, rape and kill and still have like a piece of shit asshole character. And there really wasn't. Even that, like, how do you yeah. even make Big Jim kind of like, he's on the fence. Like, what? Right? Big Jim is like the <laughs> biggest villain in like Stephen King history to some people. Yeah. And he was just so washed down. Jen, just especially. Boring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate him. That is my biggest problem with Dean Norris in this role. And I love him and I agree he is great. You know he can go with there. With what he is getting. Exactly. But we never see it. And I think well, it's because they well, need to extend I think- it. Let's hold on to the characters for a second. You do see it occasionally. I think the problem is you do occasionally see how bad Jim Rennie could be. Yeah, but it's not consistent. And then you have an amazing scene where he cries because he misses his son. (laughs) Like, my son Neil. My son. Um, it's like a Dead Poet Society or something. But uh, I, <laughs> so I, the the thing is too is that I, I think it's because there's too much sandbox. Like yeah, you can't, yeah. you have to have you you have to have them be able to evolve and flip flop and everything. Like watching Big Jim Rennie's arc, at least in the first season and a half, it's like a bunny rabbit. It's not it, arc. It's just like it just keeps going no back arc. and forth. And I genuinely yeah. think that the showrunners at the time probably thought, oh, we're going to show his uh, escalation and his evolution into mm-hmm. becoming a villain. It's like, no, he like literally goes like 120 miles an hour at one point, and then he goes and shifts down to like 30. Then he's mm-hmm. back at 55. It's like he's all over the place. There are like, some things you know, that they should have taken from the book. And yeah. yes. one of that is that, you know, Big Jim, the second the dome comes down, is like, time to shine. Yeah. Like immediately uh-huh. he's like, bad. And uh, yeah. I didn't need to see him. I really was. I was waiting for that twist because in the first couple episodes, it was like, Big Jim Rennie's actually kind of nice in the TV show. Like, yeah. I can't wait yeah. until he takes that mask off. And sh- and it just doesn't happen. There's just no suspense, I don't think. Well, there's like four moments where you think like, oh, here we go. And it's like, all right, I'm going to leave Mayor Whittingham in the, in, the, in the lake. And, you know, that's he it. That's going to be the Big Jim Rennie moment. Nope, he's back. He's fine. He's good. Everyone's yep. happy. It's like, what the fuck? Like choose one goddamn side at least. Yep. Anyway, I we let's continue some of the, the history here. So yeah. it ended up at CBS, as we've been saying. And I really do like Tassler's quote on the series announcement, which uh couldn't sound more like it was made for a press release because it was. Uh Jen, are you, do you see where I'm at? Do you want to, do, to read yeah, this? Yeah. Okay, you go go read her quote. This is it's like boilerplate okay. quotes. Like <laughs> This is a great novel coming to the television screen with outstanding auspices and in-season production values to create a summer programming event. Wow, can't wait. Uh, This will be a television show on your TV. Save it to your Apple (laughs) iPhone. Appointment television. Uh, But it was an event. So the show is heavily, heavily marketed. It it even had a teaser trailer that was playing on on the Super Bowl. They actually pointed to a website where you can upload photos of your house and have a dome over it, which... <laughs> www.underthedome.com. 
backslash like CBS or something, you know, like uh, backslash like GoDaddy something. Yeah, we we love we love standing uh, some websites here, like we did at Firestarter too. Remember that? Still still exists, I believe. But so a few days before the series premiere, the cast and crew went down to uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, where it was filmed. Uh, More on that soon uh, for an advanced screening. And the city's mayor, Bill Sappho, he declared Monday, June 24th, 2013 as Dome Day. I wonder if that still exists. Mm-hmm. Like every June 24th, ah, Dome Day. Dome Molten, Day again. Like, like, Remember? Hey, it, was only, it was only three James seasons. James Vanderbeek's like, just over on the side bawling because it's just not like, Dawson Day. Dawson it should be Day. Dawson Day. That'd be great. Who's they Dawson Day? no <laughs> holidays for Dawson's Creek, which was yeah. like transformed television. But they're like, uh, Dome Day. Someday, yep. <laughs> what would Dawson Day be? Would it just be like watching Steel, Spielberg movies? Just go to and, the lake and, and yeah. yeah, crying on the board. Cry on the dock. Sad boys. Yeah. Boys yeah. get sad. Boys get like, sad too. Boys do get you know, sad. Like love story, love walls, you know? Love walls. You know, Dawson's Creek, it was uh, during the pandemic, I was trying to watch it and it was on Netflix oh. and they took they got rid of the, the Paul Cole song and I was like, it's I can't watch the show. It's different. Yeah. I can't watch the show without it. It's like 9 2 and 0 without the theme song. Like, I'm not going to, I got to see Brandon Punch. What do you mean they got rid of the song? It's not there. Song. They got the, the rights not, they didn't have. I don't want to wait. Yeah. yeah. Ted Sarandos was like, you know what? I'm not going to pay my writers and I'm not going to pay uh, the rights for Paula Cole. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to lose lose Completely that. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. Great times in Hollywood. Yeah. I wanted, so, all right. So how did this do for CBS? Well, it was a huge hit. It was, it was an instant success. And in fact, the premiere broke the record as the most watched summer drama premiere on television, on TV networks since 1992. And, uh, the viewership continued throughout the first season, and critically speaking, it was actually a success too. So the first season had a 72 on Metacritic and a whopping 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. And then what happened? Yeah, well, it, go, it starts sinking. And I, it, we got some we got some new scores coming up. It's not, not good. But uh, Tim Goodman of The Hollywood Reporter, he had a, a pretty good point in his uh, review. He called it, quote, an intriguing Stephen King adaptation quote, filled with storytelling promise. And he wrote, CBS is onto something here. They went big with King and Spielberg, plus Vaughn and a large cast. I particularly like that CBS is making Under the Dome feel like an event you can get into without having to worry about whether it'll return as a series or not. And that line, I think, foreshadows the fate of this show. Because this, even at the time, felt like a miniseries to me. Like, it didn't feel like, oh, here's my show again. I'm I've called co- or it here's a, a miniseries three times right? randomly. I don't know why. I know there's four seasons or three seasons. I keep so, calling it a miniseries. Because yeah. it, it just has that. I, I just think that it's it's such a, oh, a dumb over a town. This it should, it be, should be 10 episodes it, on showtime. Yeah. It should be six. Yeah. Like, I mean, it should be like one a day, right? Yeah. Like you have one episode for every day that it, the dome is there or something, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Dome but 24. Dome 24. Is, it's so wild. And the way that, oh, the other the other thing that's a drink moment for me, like not really, but uh, is when they do the sting of like at the end of a scene because it yes. goes to commercial break. And yeah. like, yeah. yeah, which is so funny to watch on binging. Like it's, it's I like know. binging, it's like binging 24 now when it's like the countdown stops and then you start again. You're like, all right, just, can we just get rid of the clock now? Like, you know, it's not, the commercials don't exist Skip anymore, intro. but not every show did that. That's like very, no. it's very weird. Like they do it all the time on the no. show. It's like no. they, it, we talk about there not being stakes, but they try to invent stakes like within With the musical hour. cues. 
Yeah. Well, wait, what was a show that used to do that all the time? Let me think. Oh, Lost. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, literally eight times an episode. So it'd be like, wait, are we the only ones here? <laughs> like, you know, right. it'd be like, like, wait, do you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's just, oh my God. And then there's like this, in this one, there's a lot of characters, at least the last two, the last two, two series, there's a lot of falling, a lot of people yeah. falling. And yeah. then like, uh. <laughs> There's not even like, high points in Chester's Mill. Like, why are there? Why is there so much falling? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, does it? Uh, anyway, I don't want to digress on <laughs> the production values of the town. But I, L- Wilmington, North Carolina, great place. But yeah. so here's what King said on Dome. And keep in mind, he was a producer. And keep in mind, this is the only quote I'm going to have from him. If you look closely, you'll see that most of my characters are still there, although some have been combined and others have changed jobs. That's also true of the big stuff, like the supermarket riot, the reason for all that propane storage, and the book's thematic concerns with diminishing returns or diminishing resources. Many of the changes wrought by Brian K. Vaughn and his team of writers of necessity, and I approved of them wholeheartedly. Some have been occasioned by their plan to keep the dome in place over Chester's Mill for months instead of a little more over a little more than a week, as is the case of the book. Other story modifications are slotting into place because the writers have completely reimagined the source of the dome. In other words, kind of his miracle vibe, just like, this hey. Is, this is my washing hands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this exactly. is what I made. This is what like, they're making. Yeah. This <laughs> stupid fucking story is not my book, uh, basically. But still. I like was, how you, do you almost, do you always almost go into the King accent when you read his quotes? I did. Well, I usually go with the thick David Lynch and I've been trying to wean off of it because I, I feel like it's obnoxious <laughs> for everyone that has to listen to it. But some oh, people no, like, we'll get that. comments and be like, where's I the David like Lynch? Little, you know? I heard like a little, like maybe trying to go with the flat accent because he does sound like yeah. David Lynch. You're right. he do- yeah. So we, I usually lean really hard to where it's just basically David Lynch from the return uh, or sees <laughs> the Twin Peaks return where it's just so loud at this point. But I think I, I think after Jeff Thatcher's sunset, when we were reading like multiple quotes, I was like, all right, I gotta stop. I have to stop. <laughs> Should read it in an Arnie voice. Yeah, I'll just do that. Um, oh gosh, and I, that, that Arnie voice on the Holly episode is just a disaster for myself. I just look, I sound awful. So it was profitable for CBS. Wow. Uh, and how. So around the time of its premiere, <laughs> Vulture time? published, the, well, at least the first season. Okay. Vulture published this huge overview on how it was a major, major hit. And despite each episode costing around $3 million. CBS managed to strike a deal with Amazon Video, who would deliver new episodes four days after they premiered. And the deal was around $750,000 per episode, which at that point would cover one quarter each, one, cur- one quarter of the production cost. And oh. that's not all. Foreign markets also brought in some revenue with about 1.9 million, and then you factor in all the state tax credits by filming in North Carolina, which met them like 300,000. A lot of money for the show when you think that about it. That money is not on the screen. Yeah, no. it's not. They got no. paid to make either. this show, and they did not filter that money into the show. I well, my the example I want to say right here is like how how little money is on the screen is there is a scene where Angie is talking to Joe in their house and she's just, whatever. She's now not in the storm, whatever the basement or a a fallout shelter. And she's like looking for something to eat and she opens some cabinets and there's, it's like they forgot (laughs) to set dress. Oh my, that's a good eye. Yeah. That is, (laughs) 
That's so ridiculous. That's like Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> right. It's like there's like a box of cereal. It's literally like a box of cereal. Well, and it's like I'm, a PA in there. I'm surprised to hear about the mystery island that shows up and all these new characters that get introduced because I, the biggest thing that I noticed was that you cannot hear through the dome. In the mm-hmm. book, you can hear clearly through the dome. You can talk to people on the other side. There's like all these characters that come from the outside. And I was immediately like, okay, why did they do that? Was it to raise the stakes? Doesn't seem like it. Does it come into play later in the story in ways I don't understand yet? Maybe. But immediately I was like, they just wanted to save money to not have to pay speaking roles for all of these soldiers on the other side of this mm-hmm. fucking dome. That's exactly why they didn't make yeah. the dome. Yeah. Which, oh my god, you're right. There because there's yeah. the one there's the one black c- guy who's like an officer yeah. who yeah. shows up a lot. I just realized you never hear his voice. No. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to pay him because he's not a speaking character. He you looks even... familiar too. Like, well, I, I think actually if I don't know how much he's on the show because I, I I didn't get that far. So he probably got paid if he had a certain amount of scream time. But yeah, like all of the soldiers in the first couple episodes that are like Right there in all the scenes. That is such a good, yeah. yeah. Or the you don't even have to see their faces, you know. Yeah. 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 What about what about the bomb though? I mean, you don't even hear it. So I I was thinking yeah. since it's you know this is the tenth anniversary of Under the Dome. It's, you know, it's been ten years now. Do you think uh, Christopher Nolan made Oppenheimer to uh, <laughs> to commemorate the 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 bombing oh, the bomb have. scene in in, uh, so. in Under the Dome season? I think it's episode two or three or something like that. They were inspired by CBS's Under the yeah. Dome. They might have been, yeah. Name a writer who does worse female characters than Stephen King. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, go watch, go watch uh, Inception. Go watch or, Inception. Or, or, um, you know, where, or, um, God, what's the other one? But yeah, anyway, Love Oppenheimer is a lot of fun. You know, go, 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 go check it out. Support uh, your local theater. Yeah, support your local theater. So anyway, obviously... This was a hit for CBS, that, and that's probably why it stretched for three seasons because they got their money back before yeah. the show ever hit the fucking air. So they're yeah. like, "Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. right." It's, and it's a ratings juggernaut. Cool, let's do season two, and they'll try to wrap it up for season three. So, as Anna mentioned or hinted at, the success didn't really carry over <laughs> into the following season. So, season two saw dipped to fifty-two on Metacritic and fifty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's eighty-one to fifty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty rough. That's that's a that's a plunge, I would say. Uh, and it let's just say it didn't didn't really necessarily pick up for season three. <laughs> Just more mixed reviews and more ratings that went down the tube, which I think pretty much proves that this was an event in 2013, and most people, like all of us here, didn't really go to season two or three. I, I think, I mean, I watched till the end of season one, and I didn't go back for season two. I just was like, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Some people missed out, I'm telling you. Like, yeah. there's... <laughs> Well, you miss just, you miss King's cameo in season two yeah, if you, if you come King's back. Cameo, you know? and then there's just like again, if you turn it into like I don't actually drink, but the drinking games, I can go through the rules that I made up in my head for people <laughs> that do. Because let's let's go through them right now because this okay. is a good point. This is a good place because I'm sure people listening are like, I cannot believe it. They didn't watch all three seasons, and I did, and I just <laughs> rebinge it. So let's let's give them some <laughs> some to, to you know to chew on. Uh, if they are going to still keep watching this. Uh, okay, so I have a I have a list. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. So the domes once every time oh. they say the dome once. <laughs> okay. Every time there's a dramatic sign brandishing. 
Because there are multiple dramatic sign brandishings, like very emotional conversations, (laughs) like happening like this. Every time an allegiance shifts. Good one. You're you're gone by the end of the episode. You're drunk in episode three. Every time Julia Shumway appears to be interested in a new man. Uh. Uh, Yes. Julia Shumway. Glad you picked up on that because I was I, I was wondering, am I just seeing things or is this like they just are throwing people for Barbie or, or Julia at this point? This yeah, is they're hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are hot. And, yeah. and if it was on Showtime, we could have seen them fuck. You know, fuck. Exactly. Yeah, like Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah. Against right. the Dome. That would be hot. And I kind of want to say every time someone gets shot, because there's a lot of people that get shot, more yeah. than you would think in a show that takes place under a dome. <laughs> Yeah. Without a surgeon, too, right? Yeah, without like, a surgeon. They don't have good and a lot of people survive. But then you take another drink if they survive being shot, because a lot of people survive being shot. They must be and in the Midwest. Everyone has a gun. Another right. drink, another drink when someone says, this is a weird tick that I don't understand why. It's a, you know what? It's a Days of Our Lives thing. Go go get so, so-and-so. Why? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. trust me. Just, yeah. Yep. yeah just trust me. me. And there's no reason not to say. Why go, you need that. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Because because we have to know as the Tell people me in tuning in 55 minutes in. Yeah. Because there's a commercial like, coming. That's yep. why. <laughs> exactly. God, don't you just like, love. Give me the gun. Why? Yeah. Uh, just well, trust me. Because it, it's from it's from Frank Stroor that he got three episodes ago when, you yeah. know, he was robbing Bo. It's like, God damn it. Like, I, I imagine the, the TV writers rooms for these network shows have got to be so exhausting. It's like, all right, how do we. I regurgitate more. And then I have context. some other things in here. There's another one that I, it's not a really great category, but there's some, I feel like there was like meta commentaries every once yeah. in a while. Oh, from writers. absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's one. <laughs> uh, I can't believe we lucked out like this. Yeah. Thank God for hoarders. Right. There's oh this sort God. of like a. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Oh, there's also every time there's a, um, a surface, a Microsoft surface used in a way that is like not, not necessary. Yeah, <laughs> and like an absolute they show promo. It. Like yeah. they do like a beauty shot of the Microsoft surface <laughs> and those shots are hard to take outside of an NFL game, right? Yeah. Like yeah. only in NFL are you like, okay, they're using it. They're yeah. using this yeah. and they're showing <laughs> us the logo because that's where the logo is. No. Well, as we saw... They clearly were making deals to keep this show going. Yeah. So they were probably like, all right, let's Microsoft, yeah. you want to pump some money in here? We got Amazon. Let's let's get your money. So yeah. And then I have more of these, but just the the other, my favorite little like some writer had a good time putting this in. <laughs> there is a point at which it turns out they're in the dome after all. Like there's a cocoon, mm. there's they have the cocoon dream where everyone thinks that they've been outside in the real world for a yeah. year. Oh, God. Oh, like my. the flash forward and lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say just yeah. like lost. So everyone thinks that everyone has a life. Like actually, weirdly, Barbie and his computer guy start serving as like they're like mercenaries <laughs> going oh on odds. It sounds like the Buffy episode where everybody turns into their Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. So there's like so everyone has like this whole life for a year that you see. And then it turns out, no, they're in the dorm, dome after all. And of course, like everyone like kind of walks up to the dome and like Barbie's, Barbie's the one like this oh. and all these people behind him. And you, they have like in this, in this watch with subtitles, of course, and the subtitles are like disappointed groans. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, 
<laughs> and then one guy, there's like a, a not uncredited, you know, not seeing someone voice says, I can't believe this. <laughs> I love the ADR probably for that. Yeah. Somebody it's like, there's another, there's a woman's voice that goes, I'm getting so tired of this. I'm getting so tired of thinking I'm out of the dome and waking up this, in the dome. Is this episode season three? Or is it okay? So that this is all. These are all like real off the rails. Signs of help. Well, like signs. Like <laughs> yeah. the writers like, saying, writers like, are get like, us help. Like, get us out of here. Three times on yeah. screen. If you need, if you need a new job. Uh. Well, I'm getting so tired of this. For like, so what tired if, of this? I love. So well, we all, we always love ADR stuff. Not oh yeah, the redundancy of that, which it seems seems <laughs> seems like a a one time deal here. Yeah. Well. Bear originally wanted five seasons. No. Mm. So could you imagine that? He got three, and here's how he described each season. And Anna, you're going to have to be the, the thumbs up or thumbs okay. down on this. So he says the first year was about faith, fear, and fascism. <laughs> <laughs> there's your answer. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a, there's a weird amount of God talk yeah. for like a network television show, I will yeah. say. Because you kind of have to if there's like this dome that just appears. Like I, I mean that would well, be. Well, I think you know, you know, having just read the book, yeah. there is a <laughs> there are characters that are very focused on God, and then there are other characters who are non-believers who are having different conversations, and then there are characters who are a little bit more on the like sci-fi or government conspiracy side that are having their conversations. That's interesting. But I did notice that a lot of the characters were only talking about God and like characters that like didn't, they weren't, you know, the priest. There was. They weren't church. Like it didn't like establish that they were churchgoers or whatever. It, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I think there was a weird lack of curiosity Definitely. by everyone. And like it just, it's like, oh, it got dome. Yeah. We got dome. You know? Listen, oh, it happens to everybody. It does. <laughs> Well, second year, faith versus science. Or second oh my season. god! Is it? Is that that's well, true? There's the character. There's they literally introduce a science teacher character. Oh good. Is it Eddie Cahill? Because I love him. No, but like, and her job throughout the season is when anyone says like the dome once, she rolls her eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and the- says science basically just says like science, you know. And um, there is like very low stakes, not interesting, non-philosophical conversations with her between her and Julia Shumway. Oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Horny <laughs> Julia. Dr. Oz, weirdly. Right? Didn't he look like Dr. Oz? Peter Shumway looked like Dr. Oz? A little bit. Yeah. I know I he died so sure. fast yeah. and I never saw him right. resurrected. And then, yeah. And then she she just turned his picture around and just like didn't even. I mean. She was like, look, listen. Look at this Barbie's. Yeah. He's. I got it. I he's a good looking guy. I get it. <laughs> All right, last anyway, year. So yes, there is a literally a character that comes in to make it about science versus. Fiction. Okay, so and they, she's they a middle school science teacher, so that's good. High school science teacher. High school. She knows. Okay. A, All right. Knows a parent. She helps them build a windmill. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's there, that 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 works. Is How there about wind right, so then under the dome? I don't. Huh? Let's. That's okay. It's a way so you know problem. what? Well, there's, they a, do. There's, a, there's a problem at one point, and they solve it with a windmill. We don't have and, to. Get into it. Oh, at one point, and Big Jim goes out and helps. That's actually another Jim. weird place oh, where he just... becomes like sort of like a good guy. Big Jim oh, is right. like the consummate Republican. There's no way he'd be caught dead next to a windmill. 
Exactly. They hate windmills. No, My don't. favorite just... sciencey thing that happens with a science teacher is that they need they need to f- do a blood transfusion, and she's like, "Does anyone have?" And I can't remember. It's like lima beans or something. Because they. Oh my god! <laughs> apparently, I didn't look it up, but I guess it's weird enough to be true. Like you can find out somebody's blood type by like the way it interacts with some enzyme in a bean. So. Oh. Like MacGyver? Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she's science. Okay. And then, then Jim kills her. So, spoiler oh, alert. Fun. So, yeah. so, I guess faith science. wins yeah. or fascism yeah, wins. Faith wins. Oh, my God. Big Jim gets religion. Big Jim gets religion, too. He thinks oh. he knows what the dome wants and the dome has chosen him. Yeah. Wow. So, they really do lean in that verses in this season. Yeah. Um, all right. Final year the individual versus the group with the theme being the enemy within. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. There's okay. a hive mind thing. And then there's like a group of townies who call themselves the resistance. And, you know. Very cool. Very 2020. <laughs> yeah. I can't, yeah. I cannot wait to see how it unfolds. I, I mean, uh, totally. Like, uh, what, what's the over under that you're going to watch this tonight? Like after the, the, the after see, we finish? I'm actually supposed to finish reading The Mist for my other podcast, which we happen to be. I'm having a king week. Oh, it's okay. So I might have to just, which is, it would be very interesting to have these two things in my head. Yeah, um, there's a lot of similarities. Totally. But The Mist watch is so the mist great. The, the show, like The Mist is amazing. The mist. Love The Mist. And the book is, I love, well, the novella, whatever it is. I love it so much. And this is just like, you know, we love him. We love, we love King. Obviously we're here, but uh, he has about 20 different ideas yeah. that he returns to and plays with. And we love that about him. Yeah. Sometimes right? it works <laughs> out really well. Yeah. But like this is, it's the dome and the mist are oh, very similar, similar. like, yeah, he no. has his like small town crisis people forced to interact and you know yeah. and it just the mist is much a much more interesting version of it I yeah think. i agree shorter yeah well yeah we we talked about recurring motifs well he said that he wants another adaptation of this so you remember yeah. that quote where he said that he was like oh yeah we're cool with the storyline yada 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 well cut to 2019 <laughs> and king tweets how about Netflix bringing back Under the Dome, only starting from scratch and actually doing the book? Ooh, the love shade. I, I, I love the 180s sometimes he does. Like, it's just like- Well, too. when you're promoting it, you can't- Yeah. <laughs> when you're promoting well, like, it, you can't be like, it's dog shit. Well, I can't wait till October when he's just like, hey, remember last year when I said Mr. Harrigan's phone's worth it? You know, the, the movie fucking sucks. <laughs> what? No, hey, it's competent. Little, he has like, a, 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 like an iPhone reminder where he sets for like <laughs> 10 yeah. years after. Uh-huh. I get to set a timer for five yeah. years till I can talk shit about Dome. He's like, oh, I can finally talk about It Chapter 2. I did not like it. I uh, did you know, not like it as much as I Barring my cameo. <laughs> All right. Well, we've already talked a lot about the the behind the scenes. We've already hinted at a lot of uh, the, the cast within, but uh, you know, Chester's Mills, Chester's Mill. God, what a weird fucking name. Could you call, like? Could it be like Chester it. Mills? Chester's Mill. Chester Mills like Ruth- is a cereal cereal brand. I feel like it's as Chester confusing Mills, as yeah. it's as confusing as Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Like mm-hmm. Chester's Mill. Okay. Anyway, this place pretty crowded so we should start talking about the town's heroes Mm -hmm. and villains i'm gonna have to kill this fucking clown 
Welcome to the Losers Club, asshole! <laughs> Alright, since this show has about, I don't know, as I mentioned, 800 people, 30 people, I think we could start with the principles and kind of go work away with, you know, throwing out any honorable mentions that we didn't. But we got to talk about the the man of the hour, the man of uh, Julia Shumway's hour, Mike Vogel <laughs> as Dale, quote, yes. Barbie Barbara. Yum, yum. Yeah, so. Actually, is fanning herself. T- total honk. He's. Oh, yeah. My word. All right. Yeah. Bit of a himbo, I think. His though. beard is, is, is perfect. Perfect the yeah. whole time. Not a hair the out of place. time. It doesn't change either. It doesn't change yeah. at all. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's got an interesting career, too, because he's, he was in Cloverfield. He's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Loses his leg in that. Spoiler alert. Um, Scream King. That's him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he loses his I mean, everyone dies in that movie, but I've, yeah. he, he dies he gets it bad. real bad. Yeah. That's the worst yeah. one. Yeah. It's it's pretty rough. He was in salt too. Ooh. He was in seven episodes of Bates Motel. How about that? He was, um, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Bates Motel was I, another one where it's like the Bates family, you know them. Remember Psycho? Weird weird yeah. mom, weird son. Also, they grow weed in town. Where it was like, what's uh-huh. happening? <laughs> what's going on? Well, I, I feel like that because around this time Justified's going on too, which has some co-stars in here. And that, like, weed is, they, at least in that show, they acknowledge, like, eh, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know the, the marshal doesn't even care. They're like, whatever, shrugging. Yeah. Um, here's my hot take. I know he's a hunk. Totally. I think he's gorgeous. <gasps> I think the show needed a bigger star. I think, I, I, and I like. Oh, I just saw your notes, and I, I agree. <laughs> oh, who is it, Jen? Who did I write down here? It's a dream hunk, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Oh, my God. Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Who, been good. What happened? Oh, to Josh Hartnett. I know. My he's fellow back. Minneapolis. Oh, he's back. He's, he's back, back, baby. He, oh, he's so hot in Oppenheimer. So, he's great in Oppenheimer. Oh, no. I have oh, to... Well, okay. As a show, yes. As an adaptation of a character, I thought he was perfect for Barbie because yeah. he's cute enough to watch. He seems capable of the physical stuff, but he's so boring that yeah. it was like, Perfect. Mm-hmm. This is exactly who should play Barbie because the character of yes. Barbie is so boring throughout the entire book. Yeah. But Josh Hartnett was on Penny Dreadful in Showtime. So that's right. Totally they put it on Showtime. We could have what happened. Hartnett. He did have this weird like lacuna in his career. He, right. I'm not imagining that. No, no. But, yeah, he, he kind of dipped out for a little bit. Yeah. And then yeah. I think and Penny Dreadful Penny might Dreadful, have been his return. And then he's yeah. like kind of like not done a ton, but you're right, he's an he's back. Happy to have him and back. And he just and did one of call. the best episodes of Black Mirror this season. <gasps> he's, he's supposedly like a very – I have a friend who – he's supposedly a really good guy. Yeah, he seems nice. Oh, and But I think good. that that's a good hot. choice for Barbie too. One, he's a big star. It would have drawn in a lot of people. But also and, – and nothing against him. I really love Josh Hartnett. He's also very boring. He can be. He can yeah. be very boring, yeah. yes. He can play a very yeah. good straight man yeah. against very um, – and if we're staying okay, faithful, Michael to the- Myers he, he actually, is dead. I think actually might be too interesting for, <laughs> for Barbie. I, I think the thing about Josh Hartnett is he does have like his Edge. he has that sort of dark, yeah. smoldering kind of thing it's going on. Yes, he does, which would be bad for this because yeah. what you need in Barbie is someone who's incapable of keeping a secret, right? And also like who wouldn't really kill someone, like 
he kind of was forced to it, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, like yeah. you have to believe that he's like not very actually mysterious or very really violent. Yeah. Yeah. That was I, a nice Zeke would have busted them out of the dome in season one. Oh. Zeke from the faculty. The faculty. He would actually oh, find yeah, a way yeah, out. Yeah. He did jack yeah. the dome. Yeah. He just, <laughs> he just drive like that, his car into it. That's a great, oh God, yeah. that's such a good movie. He would have broken through movie. the dome with that little curl the, in the back of his hair that's constantly <laughs> sticking hair, out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I love that we've spent more time talking about jo- Josh Harnett than Mike Vogel. So the, here's, here's a question <laughs> I had. say it all, you know? Yeah. Is is this the only instance where the uh, you know the 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 mystery the the guy that comes in kills the husband lies about it is a suspect on the run and yet still the wife in question is like you know what I'm I'm good Just don't, we're yeah. good you know what not I even love? She's, what she says is don't lie to me again yeah <laughs> like. Quote. <laughs> you know, I, I it's like it's so funny because it, it's very emblematic of the show with its stakes because they're holding this thing where it like over our heads, like, oh my god, yeah, you killed her husband. Out. And when oh she finds and then when she does, it's just like that's ah, pretty good. Let's go to bed. Like, what? Yeah. Like don't do it again. Don't, yeah. don't kill my do husband again. again. <laughs> yeah. I found I found the gun and you know, I know. Oh, all right. Well, glad we that was a wet well, fart. Well, that's but... what I say. Like, you have to not believe he's a super, an actual bad guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. he has to have that kind of blonde surfer-ish kind of, like, yeah. look to him so that you don't think, like, oh, he's going to kill more people. Although, spoiler alert, he does kill more people, but not as many people as Big Jim. Actually, I will say that. That is another reason why the semi-boring kind of blonde guy is good for this role, is because he winds up not being a stone-cold killer That's yeah. as much as other people. Okay. So time. he's still the good, the the pro, the king protagonist yeah, the that wears the star. white shirt and the jeans. He ex-military, yes. like tarnished knights, yeah. Yeah. you know, who slumming away in the back of a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. like no yeah. sweating. You know what's funny? When I read it, I pictured Denzel Washington when I was really? reading it. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I remember reading it and being like, he could be black. Like I don't remember a description yeah. of Barbie at all in the book when I first started reading it, at least. And so I was like, it was probably like, oh, what was it? Was it 2009? It came out 2010. I'm trying to think like what Denzel movie came out there. I was like, that was in my head. Maybe I was Man watching like Philadelphia or something. But like, man, if, maybe I was rewatching those. But I was just like, oh, I could see him, uh, you know, being, De- being this being Denzel yeah, in the movie. Yeah, very and then when it capable, was, very serious. Yeah. Not really, yeah. not really cracking a lot of jokes, Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. And he you feels know? a little older from the book, too. Yeah. You know, this is de- they definitely young and hotted up Julia yeah. and um Yeah, and I don't mind just as a viewer, as you said, all. like <laughs> at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. But in, in Julia, by the way, just side note as a redhead, far too many redheads in Chester's Mill. There are quite There's a, a lot. few redheads. There are a few yeah. redheads. Like yeah. just statistically unlikely, just left mm. out at me, you know. <laughs> Yeah, just well, way too many of us. Someone had a Especially, fetish. I mean, so- <laughs> uh-huh. or they had a whole <laughs> bunch of hair color. Look. And like, they, are they going to run out of sunscreen as fast as they run out of coffee? Yeah, That's my yeah. Gosh. yeah. That that is 
Because how do you make sun, sunscreen anyway? That's like something you can't really get from like the farmers around there. You know, the, the dozens of farmers well, in Chester's it doesn't Mill. Really come into, like, it doesn't actually come into play because they're only in there for three weeks. At yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. Okay, so each season. Also, the coffee. I have enough coffee to last three weeks. Yeah, I do, ditto. probably. Like ditto. right now. <laughs> I think so. I None think of I, their well, homes some had spice. anything in the cabinets, as we no, know. That's true. So they were relying solely on that one restaurant that had a, an apartment yeah. on top of it and the it grocery store. So arrested development because I think she grabs the the one the one thing, thing. <laughs> the, the the cereal box and like shakes it. <laughs> God. Well, you mentioned Julia. Good. Let's let's talk about oh, I'm going to butcher this name. Rochelle Lefebvre? Lefebvre? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well very that's pretty. very pretty lady. So pretty. Twilight, right? Cuz yeah. she's she's in Twilight. Yeah. I thought she's fine. I, I feel like, again, you, you could have... Okay, it's a CBS network show, so everyone's just okay. hot. Yeah. They're there. They're delivering the lines. I thought she was hair. fine at some points, but it just... Everyone's hair is just... Oh, perfect. yeah. Incredible. Working Incredible so hair. hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Doing a lot of work. <laughs> like, especially Junior's hair gets better over Ooh. the seasons. It, like, grows somehow over three weeks, and it gets kind of, like, musty. Shaggy. And, yeah. like... It's, I'm surprised so. that Stephen had that quote about these are my characters because I don't feel like Julia Shumway. I don't think there's a whisper <laughs> of Julia Shumway from the book in this character. She's an older um, woman in the book, unmarried. Mm-hmm. She owns the local town newspaper. I'm not even sure what this Julia Shumway did. I know she was a reporter. No, she works. She, the, the they mentioned editor. it never yeah. comes up again. Okay. Never comes up again after she does the radio broadcast, which I, by the way, as journalist, like dedication up to episode six. Yeah. Like (laughs) that she's done. She's She's really, really, I mean, she does go to the broadcast. She's like, she, she takes over the radio station. Mm. like, this is Julia some way. And like, and then she never, and then she never reports again. Well, (laughs) what if, what if like during one of the episodes, like maybe episode four, it's like her and Barbie are talking in bed. And it's like, oh, what's the scariest thing that you've ever seen? Uh, well, I did report on this one story about obsessive compulsion and where this person, uh, you know, died because they checked out a hill. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden we get a bottle episode for N in the middle oh, of like cool. <laughs> the middle of this what? network N. TV show. Because no. she's the reporter at the end. Uh, at the end of N that gets like all the, that, that basically reports on the final death of that short story. So I was, re- when I was watching this, like ha- having that in mind, I was like, oh my God, it would be so funny if like they just randomly touched upon this incredibly niche short story from Just After Sunset <laughs> that is devastatingly terrifying compared to anything else that's in this show. And they just had a bottle episode that is just, it's like the queen in, in Castle Rock uh, or, yeah. or like, and that's um, how you bring in Josh Hartnett. You know? Yeah, and then he gets to do that. But I just—it was just funny to leave. Like this doesn't. This didn't seem like that type of that that character that wrote no, that story. No. It didn't. So you to know, to be honest, none of these characters feel like the book at no. all. They well, none of these no. characters feel yeah. like they've done much in their lives except for yeah. Jim Rennie, who. Yeah, it kind of like, seems like they all just kind of woke up one day and they were like, well, "I'm a person." <laughs> there was a like, dome. It's the Sims. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's why. Uh, the, that's why the cocoon dream thing really works well because you're like, yeah, that's. I believe all of this. It's because- like the, <laughs> the opposite Dallas effect in a way yeah. where it's like, oh, the dream actually does feel more like reality. Linda Esquivel, uh, Natalie Martinez, the loyal, ambitious deputy. 
I thought this is the worst character in the show. I thought yeah, I, just I kept forgetting she existed again. Like, I, I liked her. I liked her yeah. as a character, as a, as an actor and as like a person, I'd be like, you're trying, yeah. you are really trying. And I sort of wanted her to, I wanted her to succeed, but she clearly also like was not meant to succeed. No, yeah. she kind of started, I, it seemed like she was going to be the one that kind of like took control and, and butted yeah. heads against Jim Rennie. And then she just kind of gave in to anything anyone said. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Yeah, uh, Ashley, just a just a guess, just guess. What what do you think happens to her? Oh, <laughs> she's gonna know. die. Well, yeah. She get cut in and how does she die? How do you think she, she dies? Big Jim kills her with a baseball. Nope. Damn it! I thought maybe they were gonna uh, give a throwback to the book when he kills a, the a priest book, yeah, and, that's with how, the baseball. Ha- yeah, yeah, Coggins. Yeah. No, ju- Go for it. Please tell me. <laughs> no, no, go she for it. dies saving Barbie. <gasps> okay. And she gets pancaked by a truck against the dome. Uh, oh. Within like when? the first five minutes of season two. Oh, no. Like, it's oh, fucking like, crazy. Out, guys. It, it is, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> like, like Sammy was like, wow, they really must have not liked this character. And she's like, I gone in five when and I, like King wrote that episode. Oh my god! So it's like when I did like look up how people felt online. I went on like Reddit and tried to like read about it. And oh lord, mo- most of the complaints were Linda Esquivel. And I, yeah. like I said, I had only watched the first couple episodes. I just wanted to get a feel for what he was doing with the show. And I didn't mind her the first four episodes. Yeah. So I was like, what happens to make so many people hate this woman? Because online. She is the worst character in the show. Well, Reddit usually has a pretty good, uh, you know, read on, on people, especially this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I love, and I love the people on like Stephen King Reddit. there's not a bias of any kind of gender. Oh, no, no not absolutely at not at all. That's true. You know, or Reddit's just taking that into relationships Reddit's, Reddit's always great. By the way, it, for, for everyone listening, you could, you know, go check out the, the, the Reddit over there and see how many posts they're going to have just for us shitting on their fucking subreddit. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, um, <laughs> here's my MVP. And I, and I did, I do love uh, Jim Rennie, but I, I actually think Britt Robertson, Britt Robertson as Angie McAllister, I thought she's great in this show. And I've, I've always been a big fan of her. She's, she kind of didn't really, I mean, she's got, I mean, if you're, if you have 30, 40 credits in Hollywood, it's a pretty good career, but I, I just was kind of shocked that she didn't have a, you know, a larger career. Cause I think like, this is a character that as you, we've already discussed dies in, in, well, in, the, in the book and then she yeah. dies in the show pretty she bad. Dies like, in the, that's book, kind of, the moment you meet her. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like the fact that they were able to expand this, I don't know. I like, I was more drawn to her arc even when she gets out of the the the, the basement, because I'm still under the assumption that, oh, man, she could get trapped again. Like she could. There's there's this like fear of her. It's like the 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 torture porn genre does this, where it's like you're never safe even yeah. when you get out. They're gonna catch you again. Well, They're gonna catch you. You're again. both under like, this dome. There's nowhere you can run from Junior. No. Apparently, Junior becomes totally fine and. The Messiah. danger's gone. Yeah. But <laughs> well, it, it, it's, he, uh, like everyone in the show, he occasionally he flips ah. because mm-hmm. that's how you sustain interest, like... apparently. Okay. Um, I hate oh you, Dad. I love you, you Dad. Yeah, I no, hate you, God. Dad. That happens. That happens. <laughs> like, like, he doesn't so do it in the same scene, but like he does <laughs> hour to hour. <laughs> decide 
You lied to me, Dad. (laughs) You lied to me. You never loved me. Yeah. You lied to me. Good God. Mom's still alive. Like, it's just like, I was like, where, where the hell is this show going? It was like, Uh like episode 10 of season one. I'm just like, there, this feels like I've watched like 30 episodes. This feels like it's back when network television used to have 24 episodes a season. And yet this is only episode eight. Like, this is how it feels. Uh, Yeah. So Angie McAllister, I, I really did. I dig, I dug her arc. I hate that they kill her off in the first episode. Which, by the way, again, King King killed her. So it's almost like he was like she was supposed, she was supposed to, die. to die days so ago. Like, I'm out. <laughs> like Sammy's like I'm not watching this anymore. Well, if we're gonna talk about Angie, we gotta talk about uh, the man we've pretty much been talking about the entire time, Junior. Junior. <laughs> it is you, Junior. Um, Alexander <laughs> Cock. Is it cock or coke? coach? I think it's coke. <laughs> or coke. Oh, like, like the coke. Alexander Cock. Coke. He's like listening right now, being like, "I'm going to finally hear that they have to say my favorite yeah. podcast." And they got my name wrong. And they called me Alexander Cock. I would cock. say cook. I think I knew a guy who spelled cook like that. I, 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 I know Koch. and also then there's the Koch brothers. I was going to say so, the Koch oh, that's brothers. Right. That's what I think. Oh, yeah. Is that is the Koch brothers this spelled the same way, or is it more like yeah. it is right? Okay, let's call him Maybe Alexander Cook. K- Maybe he's related to the Koch brothers. Okay, let's call him John Travolta Jr. Yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, uh, who was who was the show? Uh, Welcome back, Cotter. But he's yeah, not, yeah. But Travolta's not Cotter in that show, right? He's not. No, okay. no, Cotter's the teacher, right? All right, that's the teacher. All right, Travolta's um, potty. We are. Uh, we have lost. Sorry. We have gone off the rails at this point. <laughs> I hope, constant listeners, this is uh, Stephen King podcast, and let's not forget. It's okay. We're still on theme because guess what? Welcome John Travolta back. is in Carrie, so we are back. <laughs> you didn't. Have- let's let's talk. Let's uh, welcome back Anna. Let's talk about Junior. Obviously, the most controversial here yeah. because he's a, a total scumbag in the book. Mm-hmm. One of our big bad boys, uh, Jen. Where did he rank in the bad boys ranking? High? Oh, uh, I can't remember. I'll pull it up. Um, okay. I don't think he he did not make it to the final four. Okay. I know. Okay. I think we he was a little too psychopathic to feel like a fun yeah. bad boy. So I think he got it definitely wasn't fun. Like I, if for anyone who doesn't remember the book he like i said within the fir- the first time we meet him he's murdering and necrophiliizing <laughs> and he also has like a brain tumor that's making him wild with rage and he hates his dad like there's really no redeeming qualities to him at all. So I was very surprised that they made him as normal as they did. I yeah. agree. He and just gets dreamy. better. And yeah, he just gets dreamy. better. Like he's he's a psychopath for like four episodes and then he got he just, it out of his system. Better. He's in like in our Bad Boys episode, he made it to the Elite Eight. Okay. He got knocked out by Wild Bill. From um, makes sense, makes yeah. Sense. Wild yeah. Bill's but, pretty bad, yeah. But I feel yeah. like this junior may have lasted a little longer. He was more. You know? He's not going to be. He was Ace more Merrill, calculating. But, you know. I feel like even though he wasn't nearly as scary, because again the stakes were non-existent, he was a little bit more calculating. Whereas in the book, he almost didn't even know that what he was doing was wrong. He had a very serial mm-hmm. killer type attitude yeah. towards what he was doing. And a big brain tumor, like real big one, like really pushing his lot, eyeball right? out of his head. Yeah. Does, okay. Yeah. So, so on it, does that storyline ever come into fruition for Junior? Oh my God. No. no. Okay. No. Okay. Is Junior oh, no. still oh, no. kicking? 
by he season three. A, he becomes a cop. Oh yeah, okay. he becomes a cop. He's a cop in the like, book. Everyone becomes yeah. a cop in the yeah. in in yeah. this. Everyone like kind of cycles through the sheriff's department, you know. So he becomes a cop. <laughs> he and his dad. He 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 joins up with a militia that's going to kill his dad, and then he decides to. Then he tells his dad, "No, that was just for for play, so that I could actually." see what they were up to and know him on your side and oh, then boy. he like then they fight about his mom being dead or not being dead is that i remember book? that you i don't know, think that's in the that book mom is, that's a very actually in the book part. big jim rennie killed his mother that's what i thought okay. the dome in this one she's down. not really dead okay. she actually foresaw the dome coming in a oh. series of paintings that she did can we because she was what's the high school He's the high school art teacher, and we see her paintings, which are weird, like Basquiat kind of things. I almost took a picture and sent them to you because it looked like I painted them with my fingers. (laughs) Basquiat, I'm being very, I'm being good. They look a little bit like a child painted them, but in a very messy way, like a Basquiat, you know, like, or a child, I I guess. I did did forget to mention that M. Night Shyamalan becomes the showrunner of season three. And it becomes and like Lady in the Water. Swing away. <laughs> and yeah. then, so she foresaw the dome coming with the pink stars. Yeah. And she actually even painted a portrait of Junior with pink stars following around him. And actually, she lives in Zenith, which is their partner town, which you can get to if you go through this hole that opens <laughs> in the ground. Oh, my <laughs> God. So if, you jump, if you jump in this hole in the ground. You drop out in this town called Zenith, which is wow. where Barbie's from. And, and that's how they bring the dad. His, his dad owns an en- energy company there. And that's also where uh, J- Junior's mom is a art therapy teacher at a mental hospital where they're using a experimental, experimental drug. This is... Wild, like wild, like Dwight Yoakam's on this show. Do you not know? That I saw Dwight that. I, I saw that on Wikipedia. I was like, honestly, Dwight Yoakam could bring some menace Every there because he's terrifying. On, I'm like, well, that's Dwight Yoakam is on this show. He he's... sings at one point too. Actually, oh, very, Lord. very. He does an acapella version of "Here Comes." Okay, the rain. fine. I'll Uh-oh. watch more. You can stop the rain. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. We gotta do watch along. He turns out. He turns out to be one of the original four hands. Um, and he dated uh junior's mom before she dated big jim rennie and he's he's convinced the apocalypse come is going to come and i'm haven't even finished like they just were rolling the dice just rolling (laughs) the dice like all right jeff we're gonna go with your arc Uh this this segment of the episode not even the episode (laughs) all right well let's (laughs) so clearly junior has an arc yeah, Junior, he's on the show a lot. Oh, good. Let's just say he makes it to season three. His and his hair becomes great, even better. I like. He he, I gotta say, he's, he's a good-looking Junior. He's very cute. I yeah. think yeah. I would take him over Barbie. No, uh, by season three, no, by oh, season okay. three, I was definitely Team Junior because also he's clearly like in his mid twenties. Like, oh yeah, like not even too old. To and be Barbie is also in his mid twenties. Yeah, like. <laughs> I mean, do we believe that Big Barbie's an Iraq in his veteran? Too. Yeah, everyone's in their mid twenties. <laughs> I want to see a picture of Dean Norris in his twenties. Actually, like I'm kind of curious now. So Dean Norris, I bet I he think, was not bad. I wonder how old he was in Lethal Weapon Two. So he's in that. He's got to be like in his late 
Probably early thirties, I imagine. That he's he looks Wait, like. Wait, did a, you see Jen? Is he is he is he actually? No, so, uh, in my brain, I was like, he's a lethal weapon too. Did he yeah. play the toilet bomb? No, he did not play the <laughs> toilet, not bomb. Play the toilet <laughs> bomb. He, he <laughs> dies. He does. I believe he does die in Lethal Weapon Two. Spoiler alert. But uh, okay, we got two more kids. Joe right. Joe McAllister is Co- uh, Colin Ford's Joe McAllister, uh, and Mackenzie Lintz as uh, Nori. Uh, I'm out on Nori. I thought Nori yeah. was awful, awful, awful character. The arc is should've annoying. Claire Danes, like should have got, gotten just go well, on. Not actually, but because it's 2013, but like they needed like a little alt. It girl. definitely looked yeah. like it was a girl that they put in a bunch of alt clothing, and they were like, "You're alt yeah. now," uh-huh. and she was like, uh, "Mean? So am I just mean? <laughs> like, no, yeah. you're not mean." <laughs> like that when- becomes her character trait, by the way. Oh, no, just me. I guess not so much. Yeah. Although his hair is the problem there. It is like, the problem, yeah. Like, right, I, I think his face is young Dean. Face oh, is good fine. Lord. Like, wait, are you looking the, at a photo? Hair. So, Jen has shared in the chat a photo of <laughs> Dean Norris. High school photo of Dean Norris. <laughs> High school photo? He looks like David Lee Roth <laughs> in this photo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Valedictorian. I, improv I ain't comedy got nobody. Hold oh, on, oh, I got Lord. another one. Oh, here we go. Let's see. I mean, I permed right, my hair in the '80s too, so yeah. not his. Well, fault. he doesn't look like this in Dom, and it, clearly Junior doesn't look like this as a youngster, so they they can't be related at no. all. Maybe there was maybe in season four, which was revealed that actually is not his son. And Sherry does. Sherry Stringfield plays mom, by the way. Okay. Yeah, and she has a brother, Sam. Is Sam Sam Verdrow in the book? Sam Verdrow, who's the drunk yeah. EMT. Yeah, I think he's okay. in the book around. Yeah, he's the yeah, one he's, that starts. He's one of the, the original four hands. Also. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now in the book, he he starts the riot. He Big Jim has him throw the first stone at the grocery store. Right? Yeah, that doesn't happen. Oh, okay. No riot. Great. <laughs> there's no. That's riot. like the biggest part of the book, but it's fine. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's like actually there's a there's a like convenience store okay. where someone does more throw scrimmage. a garbage can it's more through of a, scrimmage. a window. Yeah. <laughs> And it is more of a scrimmage and it's a not, it's just like an, un, it's like a character we don't know that throws right. the garbage can. And then there's a bunch of characters we don't know that do the stealing, but Barbie's like, stop, Guys, stop, don't. everyone stop. We're friends. Like he's trying to do like Jimmy Stewart, like it's in your house and it's in your house. You know, oh like, my like, Lord. You yeah. Gotta, I- like everyone, um, you got to do things for the common good. Uh, he doesn't actually say that, but. Anyway, just yeah. message like over and over again on this show. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys feel about the kids? We, we, when we did the book episode, we talked about just how the kids weren't written as well. I think King is more suited to writing children in the fifties than he is yes. modern day children. 100%. So like the slang was kind of weird, like things that I've never heard children say, you know what I mean? It was made up slang. And I feel like I did enjoy in in the show something that didn't happen in the book. And that was all the kids whose parents got stuck outside the dome they mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, it's a party house," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah that's like exactly that. what would happen." That's it, there's yeah. it's non-existent in the book. Like the kids are just like, you know, it's like four children in this whole town that just stick together the whole time and just sort of like ride their bikes. And it's like, no, these kids would be having parties and seeing what they could get away with. Yeah. So I did like that they did that. 
I thought that Colin Ford was great as Joe. I thought yeah. he's really good. I th- I kind of liked when he was, you know, just following, trying to follow the leads on things. I, I actually thought he was really good in We Bought a Zoo. I mean, it's kind of it's a sappy movie. Speaking of Jimmy Stewart, it's a very uh, Frank Capra esque movie. But I, I I don't know. It's and he he does he has it's been memed to death now. But the whole scene where like Matt Damon's yelling at him, it's just like we got a zoo. You're gonna love this zoo or whatever. Like he's just he's actually the kid in that in that scene. He's actually pretty good, and I think he brings some chops here. Certainly runs circles around his co-star he Mackenzie does, Lynch. Yeah. So I you know he's it's, just there's no equal for him. Yeah. I don't think she got a lot um, of help. No, <laughs> no. Um, he does grow a foot between season two and season Listen. three. <laughs> Not a third one, I mean, but right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> that can't be helped. I mean, yeah. You look at his uh, Wikipedia page. Well, as g- an adult, given what this show does like with him. the plot, like I wouldn't <laughs> not put it beyond him. Hey, Jen, he's from Nashville. <gasps> he is? Yeah. Ooh, I wonder if I knew him. Should go hang out. Born in Nashville, Tennessee. Hold on, I'm going to get to this. <laughs> yeah, just go it just go get the go get tacos or some uh hot, hot chicken. I actually also are we have we gotten have we gone to support and supporting players yet? Yeah, so because I, I feel like we've talked enough about Big Jim. I feel totally. like we've we've gone on, oh, on about budget. Yeah. yeah. Only good. thing I want to say about Jim Rennie is I have never hated a character in Stephen King's in a book yeah. by anybody more than Jim Rennie. And I love Hank and I those two things never meshed for me. Yeah. I think that Dean Norris is great with what he is given, and I agree that he is the best actor on the show, but I hate that that is who that's what they did with yeah. this character. Because Dean Norris so absolutely could have done. Have. Been. Exactly. I mean, he could have been disgusting Jim. Yeah. Nailed yeah. it. Nailed it. And they and they didn't, didn't give him that. They gave him instead a bunch of other shit that he just gets to show. I mean, I hope he got a good reel out of it because he plays like a different <laughs> character. Yeah. He, has like, so many he could do Oh, it. is this uh <laughs> he just makes some fake movies? Yeah, yeah, he just makes it's just like different shots. He like puts like puts different footage in like black and white, and it's like says like you know comes up with like uh, different titles for it. And it's like oh no, this yeah. is my role in 2014's uh, you know Sassafras or whatever. I can't imagine the feeling of filming episodes for this and then going and filming Ozzy Mandius, which would go and you know run four months through no only two months after this series. Yeah, that's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Like that is so wild. Like, th- like know. one of the most devastating episodes that's ever hit television, especially premium cable. And he's gonna have to do that, and then he's gonna be like, oh yeah, they want me back. I gotta yell at my basic son, cable. Junior. Yeah, basic. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, it's wild 180 for him to be able to juggle those things. I just imagine Dean Norris is just on auto drive, like during this. You know, cool, yeah. cool stuff about Dean Norris besides having gone to Harvard, which isn't cool actually. He and his wife live in like a kind of normal town in California and they've started like a, they've started a school art school for kids. They own a restaurant there. I love that. Like he seems like to have like a life, Yeah, you know, Good for him. So do you think, do you think under the yeah. dome plays at the restaurant? Like when you're <laughs> just constantly, he does, he did. Uh, there is like an official, like Hank microbrew, right? There's like oh, an universe micro, like there is, he started, he has some, but I, I don't know that. if it still exists. Yeah. They're but, called minerals, Marie. I'm going to walk yeah. in when he's making it and just be like, uh, and like put the garage down and have the conversation that he has with Walt in that <laughs> scene when they're, you know, I would tread lightly. 
So we got, so have we got into minor characters yet? Yeah, yeah let's do a round yeah. robin. So each, like, uh, Anna, you kick it off. What's, who's an honorable mention for that you want honorable to mention? This is a weird, this is kind of a joke one, but sort of serious, which has been the skateboarder kid. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I actually oh, yeah. appreciated him as a normal kid. Yeah. Like, ex- having this experience, you know, like, like a super minor thing. I just liked that there was like a, a real kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is, you know, it. that's a, Part of and he Dominion, was really sure. kind of uh, going yeah. with the flow. Like mm-hmm. at no point was His he real worried. Name? He was just like, you know what? <laughs> I wouldn't do anything. You know his real today. name is what's his real name? Cool last name, Elvis. John Elvis. Oh, wow. interesting. I've never, I've never seen anyone. Their last name is Elvis. That's interesting. You oh. know why? Also, I chose him is there was a real paucity of minor player, minor like players to compliment, yeah. like. There's yeah. not a lot of second tier players. The the best person in it is Dean Norris. And then I think uh Andrew Koch or Coke Koch. or Koch <laughs> or whatever his name is. Yeah. Then I think Angie, her her name yeah. her she's good. And then I'm I'm running out of other it, people it becomes to a blur. say are yeah. good. I really liked I can't think of his name. I'm trying to look it up, but I really liked the the actor they got to play Duke. And oh, yeah. I was such yeah. I was so bummed out. I mean, I know because I read the book that Duke dies pretty early on. Mm-hmm. His pacemaker it's... explodes in his chest, you know. But I they changed so much that I was like, maybe he'll live for longer no, than he's... one episode. Isn't um, that you know King's why? Dominion? It's Jeff A. Uh, yeah. So oh, yeah. the lawnmower man himself. Uh, oh he, shit! It is. Yeah, he. Sans I overalls. love Jeff A. Yep, sans overalls. But yeah, I, I agree. Jeff A. Is always welcome. He's great. I was kind of bummed out because I always feel like he gets these little minor roles. He punches in, he kills it, and then he dies. So it's like yeah. you know, planet terror. Yeah, which it's yeah, that's exactly it. A little bit bigger, but yeah. yeah uh, uh, kudos to that. I, I agree, uh, Jen. Who did you? Well, we, this is also King's Dimension. You mentioned uh, Patrick Bateman at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. and I want to shout out Samantha Mathis. Yes! Uh, I love her in this. I, I pump up the volume crush. Yes, yes. And she's <laughs> no. got the best glasses, too. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Did, did you get to the point where she, she dies in the I show? I did, yeah. And then uh, I got to the point where she came back, too. And I was yeah, like, she kind of stands <laughs> there, and you're like, oh, what are you going, what's going yeah, on here? That's not, that is... Not as bad as some of the other characters that come back and actually kind of really stay. She just oh has like Lord. the one like like ghost moment yeah. where it's like ghost moment. Yeah. But I was wondering if they just couldn't afford her for the whole season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough, tough fate. Yeah. To be like, oh yeah, we just we you know we ran a supply. We got to kill somebody. So what are we going to do? Someone's going to die. This is deadly. It's so. something yeah. didn't run out of money. They had plenty of money. Yeah, like Tons. apparently. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. They could have afforded her. Maybe who knows? She was the yeah. only doctor in town. Yeah, right. well, we could have kept, kept the doctor. Going. Yeah, a little. Yeah, got to juggle the the value a little bit here. Yeah, maybe she had another commitment. <laughs> Does anyone know who the Reverend is? I know I recognize him. Yeah, I recognize well, him, but I don't know. Does anyone watch Seinfeld? Oh yeah. So he's the vet. <laughs> he's the the veteran that Elaine is uh, has to hire, and gives the promotion to and he's he starts saying like the most macabre shit from yes. war to <laughs> peterman 
And he's and then Peterman's like, Elaine, who is this man? <laughs> it's just like, and he's talking about like being in the trenches and dying in like the hellscape of war. And then they're like trying to pitch like at like you know stuff for the catalog or whatever. I was glad to see him. Also glad to see Beth Broderick, but another uh, you know alumnus from the nice uh, from um, yeah. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Always yeah. always love her. Sad to see her go. Pretty tough fate in this one also. Oh my god. Only one of the more devastating deaths in this uh, first season, actually. But which one is that? Sorry, she's the, the one that rose diner. that owns owns the diner. Oh, yeah. yeah, she gets oh, a pretty rough. Yeah, that's a pretty bad. That's that's. Yeah. I will say that that sequence where Angie feels like no one's going to believe her. Yeah, like that's when it's still pretty tense. menacing. When when yeah. I'm still, it was still believable that there would be stakes and there would be someone that was a malicious actor that no one else thought was a malicious actor, but we knew was a malicious actor. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I have to say, this is not a favorite of mine. I really did not like Kevin Sizemore in this, which I'm looking, I'm trying to look at his IMDb. Like what else did I know him from? He was the cop that went crazy, like immediately. Yeah. And oh, was yeah, like, yeah. we're all going to die in here. And then, like, start <laughs> shooting. Like, 12 hours. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, <laughs> Do you know something we don't? Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I really didn't like him. He was like, nothing he did made sense as like a person. Like, he was the one that was immediately like, we need to get our guns ready because people are going to go crazy. And it's like, this is a pretty like docile town. This isn't like Los they Angeles in the 70s. Guns. There were a lot of guns. However, we do learn people do <laughs> yeah. go crazy. But I just yeah. – there was no evidence no. that that was going yes. to happen. And he was no. immediately – I don't know. He he. But I think he dies in like episode two. So I didn't have to hate him for very long. Yeah. I I got one more. My boy, Leon Rippey, who plays Ollie Dinsmore. This guy has been in just about every fucking movie or <laughs> TV show you could imagine. And anytime he pops up – Gives it all, all. I mean, I know everyone go, goes nuts with uh, Stephen Root, and and right, rightfully oh, yeah. so, because Stephen Root just rules. But this guy's right up there. He's like always in stuff. I mean, he's he's in the Patriot. Love him in that. Uh, he was in like Star Trek: The Next Generation, Quantum Leap, Walker, Texas Ranger. I mean, Six Feet Under, Deadwood. I, I mean, he's just been in everything, and I, I actually really liked him as a foil for uh, for Big Jim. And thought oh, that yeah. that was an interesting. It was an interesting you know storyline there, but you know, I'd forgotten about him, and that is another good one. And I, in my notes, I have like, you don't get evil farmers very often. Yeah, and yeah, like, like and I think that he does a very. He's a very completely malevolent agrarian. He's yeah. also like weirdly <laughs> racist towards. What's what's the character's name? Oh, in the the, the in the diner in uh, um, Nori's mom. Yeah. Weirdly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. racist oh, towards her while he's too. sitting. He just, yeah, with his like yeah. black best friend. So it was like, right? Wh- where are you, man? Yeah, that's the but one I do little like bit him. of like racial racial animus that shows up. Like I said, I mainly like that they just decided that that doesn't exist in this little yeah. world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just gonna that focus managed on... to not touch us. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, any other? Because if, if can we agree that in the real world, if a dome came down in any place that had like more than one race in it, there might be some issues. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent immediately. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, this one, they're just like, that's not one we're going to worry about. God and science, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Race. Well, no. What's interesting too, I guess we haven't really. I mean, I don't. 
probably shouldn't bring this up. But <laughs> <laughs> this show made three years later. Different show. Let's yeah. just say very different show and the illusions that they're going to be making towards, especially that season one, if they're going to lean into fascism. Eh, yeah, well, say, here's the thing. If they you know, made the show today, uh, it would probably reflect the book way more. Yes. I think so too. Yeah. Because the yeah. book is feels... 2020. And they'd be very yeah. worried like about whether or not the dome. Yeah, it feels like COVID times. Yeah, like, I was going to say, exactly. and they'd be worried about whether or not the dome keeps out viruses. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they could do that when they adapt Holly, because uh, they're going to be they that's going to be dealing with yeah. COVID in that one. Dome is a mask. The real villain of Holly. Dome is a mask. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I think we've covered all the stars. I think it's time that we uh, touch the egg and embrace our. Nightmares and dreamscapes. If you think your dreams are disturbing, <laughs> imagine the nightmares of Stephen King. What are you, some sort of a horror movie guy? No, Clyde, I'm a literary guy. All right, so real quick, we're going to round robin these. Nightmares being one thing we didn't like, we really didn't like, and then a dreamscape being one thing we really like. So let's start with the, let's, Jen, tell us your nightmare and tell us your dreamscape. Oh gosh, my nightmare I think is uh, just how um, I'm not afraid of any of these people and nothing matters, you know? And, you know, we've kind of already talked about it, but I also just hate the, um, hate how glossy everybody's hair is, yeah. you know? I like looking at it, but it's like, the, this isn't real, you know? Yeah. Um, and my dreamscape, I like, I remember at the time there being a lot of criticism and Stephen King getting maybe a little bit defensive about how it was nothing like the book. And I remember him saying, like, this is in, it's it's just a new story. The characters are doing different things. And I do like that. I don't know if I like what actually happens, but I like that they took some chances and did some different things. Cause I agree. Like I didn't want to see Dodie get assaulted by all those people. I didn't want to see Buster, not Buster, uh, junior. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see that, you know? So I like that they kind of departed a little bit from the book, even though it goes off the rails. I can say that was my dreamscape too, was that it wasn't a, a hundred percent faithful adaptation. Cause I'm not really a stickler for TV and movie adaptations to be, 100% faithful to the book, obviously, especially if it's a work of fiction. Um, and the fact that right off the bat, the show made some very huge changes kind of excited me because I just Same. read it. Like, <laughs> I had just read it. So, like, if you want to tell me a new story that's slightly different, awesome. But yeah, stick the landing. Like, make it captivating. They didn't do that, unfortunately. And aside from everything I've already, you know, kind of complained about, I would say – Nightmare wise, I really hate like CGI fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it never looks good. It never looks real. And uh, network television, their effects are rough. Yeah. Very rough. Always. Anna. Nightmare, dreamscape. That reminds me. So sometimes some in, in this particular, uh, thing we're talking about sometimes the nightmares are my dreamscapes and vice versa because yeah. i've enjoyed so much some of the <laughs> nuttiness true. of yeah. this like again i didn't i could not stop laughing during the high stakes note flashing that just it, it i've had a bad month and that made me so happy sometimes yeah. hate uh, watching a show is therapeutic i wouldn't really hate watching yeah. it i loved this i love <laughs> that you're trying for this like i love shows big like, swings 
Big swings. I am such anything that takes a big swing. Like I'm going to have some sympathy for it. And I feel like that was happening here. But since you mentioned the bad FX, man, this is some of the worst fake blood and fake injuries I have ever seen on TV. And I am counting like Batman, you know, (laughs) in the like original TV series, like (laughs) it is just, they like splattered food color on their faces. It is it is aggressively really bad. bad and it's distracting. Like that's the thing about it. Is it like, I know that I'm watching something with that where you didn't even put food in the cabinets, but even in 2013, you could buy like good fake blood. Yeah. Oh, you could make like, it. Yeah. And, all, and so, you could put it on TV. It's I mean, cheap. it's not like, you know, yeah. walking so dead. It's like, mean, and it's, it's like bright red too. I, yeah. It, so it's really, really terrible. In terms of like my dreamscape, besides laughing so much at the high stakes note flashing, <laughs> hmm, like I think I kind of, did I genuinely, I'm trying to decide if I genuinely loved anything, like genuinely thought <laughs> besides Dean Norris, which I do think, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, we've said it over and over and it's hard if you're going to say good things about this show, like there's so few things to say. It's true. I I kind of liked that everyone's hair was so good. I mean, it gave, gave me some like goals. <laughs> I did um, like watching it. It just especially Julia Shumway's hair, which like unbelievable. Was wow. was a dream. Like, yeah, really, really nice hair. Nori made me feel better about my hair. Like I feel like she's. Nori made me feel better about a lot of things. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <Poor> Nori. <laughs> I know. In season three, she becomes a sorority girl, by the way. Oh, God. What? What? Do they open up like, is there like, oh, well, actually, there's a college it's here. The this cocoon. T- it's the cocoon. It's like the lifetime oh, they have. Oh, okay. Yes, I forgot. Oh, yeah. She becomes a, she, she, when they do the year that's actually a dream, she becomes a sorority girl and talks a lot about how glad she Okay. I have to get to this. I have to get to this episode and I have to get to the card reading episode. Like that is Again, that, text me because I just want to know someone else. It brought the joy to someone else's life. That, this will be it my dreamscape is getting to these episodes for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, I reiterate everything that y'all have been saying. I, my, my big nightmare is just the flip-flopping. Like it's just, it got nauseating, just could not keep, a grasp on where we were because of it. I just was like, all right, well, wait, who's bad and who's good? Or even that, like who's on what side? And why are you not telling people that something like there's a, did you see the thing where there's a thing where like Jim tells Julia that Barbie has shot someone when he really hasn't, this is actually a theme. There's a whole thing where Jim tells people that Barbie's done something bad and he hasn't. And the thing is that there are people that know he doesn't, hasn't done the bad thing. Right. That they, for some reason, don't tell other people that they know this. So we right. can keep and using this ploy over and over again. It's- yeah, and and then and then there, like Julia has a thing like I can't believe you did X Y Z, and Barbie's like, no, I didn't do that thing. And anyway, and there's well, only like-, like there's a limited amount of people there, so yeah. they're yeah. talking yeah. constantly. It's not like yeah. uh, well, it's also a limited amount of space, which is why I like to have a long term story set in a very finite location kind of hard to be Machiavellian, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's only so much room you get to do this stuff. So anyway, I guess whatever. My dreamscape, I just love seeing the character actors pop up. Like even looking through yeah. the Wikipedia now, like knowing that you had mentioned Dwight Yoakam, like he's terrifying in Panic Room. I want to see him. I want to see what he does here. Yeah. 
we he's good. He's good. I'll say like he, he's he's good. He's it's a ridiculous role. Yeah, but he's good. Yeah. Hey, it, by all means, let's just let's you know what is the what is the uh, line in bat? Want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like let's just go <laughs> go go for it. I want to do it. That's what I, that's how I feel about this entire project. Like Frank Whaley is going to be in this. I, I mean, I kind of got to see yeah, what's going on here. You know, like, he's going to play like one scene, like uh, literally, like I think one scene. Although shame. I wow. could turn up again. Fingers uh, crossed. You are Fing- only at the beginning of season three. <laughs> Love Frank. <laughs> a lot can happen. Yeah. Well, a lot. There's a secret government lab inside the dome, guys. Oh, what? it has to be. Of I, I would be disappointed if there, there wasn't. Is. Yeah, yeah, there was if there was a secret underground lab underneath the college, it, uh, you know, in in Buffy, I think they could pull it off and under the dome. Totally. <gasps> what? Yeah, yeah. Spoiler oh, alert God. for the, the twenty-something year show. It's that's yeah. originally where I hopped off when it was originally run. I was like, all right, I'm good. Four. Yeah. Then I came back and I liked it. Anyway, I have a shiver <laughs> up my spine, and it's uh, it's not from the scares, but uh, from the cold chill coming from very very small. Cemetery here in Chestersville. What's the bottom of the truth? Well, sometimes that is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery ain't human at all. I'm just going to ask this question real quick. Is there literally anything scary to this, this show? No. Again, I'll go with the very, very beginning yeah. of the junior stuff. And I also uh, yeah. uh, Evil Agrarian. Mm. Like, yeah. he, he, he has some menace. Yeah, yeah. Sure I like that. when they're driving and the truck smashes. Oh, yeah. That, I liked that. Yeah. Bad day for the truck. Yeah. 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 But they didn't know, you know. I guess the one thing that would be kind of creepy. The dog dies too, right? That's like I think that. the dog does, right? Yeah. Oh, speaking oh, yeah. of dogs, you know Truman what's the scariest does. thing? Where the hell was Julia Shumway's corgi? How right. did they and where are the yeah. pets in general, actually, yeah. was something that I thought, if you're going to freak out this much about people having yeah. enough to eat after a week. What yeah. are the dogs? Although, they again, how much, we the all dogs. have pets. We all have pets. How much food do you have for your pet like yeah. right now? Totally. More than a week, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 In the Showtime version, they would have eaten all of them. Absolutely. I just I just remember one of my favorite parts of Under the Dome is when the dog, you're in the point of view of the dog, and dog you see movie. the ghosts. Like yeah. the dog talks the about dog seeing ghosts. The dog even talks about how like all you know, all dogs can see yeah. ghosts. That is yeah. give me a can. bottle episode of that. You totally. if you're doing three seasons, thirteen episodes each, give me a bottle season bottle episode with the dog. Like, that's <laughs> what I want. A Stephen King novel that's nothing but point of view of dog and oh. dog that's not crazy. Yeah. Dog I want, that doesn't Yeah, like not Cujo. A non Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> well, point of view dogs. of dog. Hey, dog detective, so- preferably. Ooh. Ruff, ruff. Well, wait a second. Cujo, Cujo is a reference to the book Cujo, which is one of the characters in King's Dominion. There's another world out there. I know there is. I got to be honest. I wasn't really... I'm sorry, constant listeners. I was not... Doing the whole Rick Dalton point at the screen, take notes here and there for all the room two thirty sevens or no, no, I did not. 
I did find a couple of things based on trivia online that we had here, most of which we've already talked about. You know, Marge Hel- Helgenberger, I think we, I said that name right, CSI. Yeah. yeah. She's, this is the second Stephen King adaptation. She was in Tommyknockers. Samantha Mathis was also in Salem's Lot. The Dean Norris starred with Jeff Fahey in The Lawnmower Man. And then the novel, there's a news helicopter that crashes into the dome, and that helicopter has a CBS logo on it, which well, is funny because that's where it would end. So that's all I got. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, there's, there there was He makes much. a cameo. Oh, he makes yeah. a cameo. He yes. does make a cameo, yeah. Well, and the yeah. cereal box that is the only thing in their pantry is the cereal in Cujo that makes oh. them all shit blood. So. Oh, interesting. So <laughs> so not a good day for Angie that day no, when she comes in. They, cut, they had to cut that out because it wasn't yeah. Like, and when you get to that scene, let me know too about that scene because I did laugh out loud at that as well. I so, mm, tastios, yeah. <laughs> what's What's funny to think is that so if King shows up and he asks for coffee at the diner, he doesn't die, so he's still there. So like yeah, Stephen oh, King's yeah. still just wandering around Chester's Mill. That reason, like, Zenith. Found the hole. Oh, yeah. Found the hole. What did he turn into in the Dreamscape episode, you know? Yeah. yeah he's, he's like he's a writer he's like a and very critic. He's a writer and man. What's crazy about the cocoon dream thing is that, so Barbie's a mercenary, right. which is like, I don't think that's something you'd like want to be, but no. whatever. And Sam goes to prison for killing Angie. Sorry. Spoiler. Yeah, Sam kills Angie. Yeah. It's awful. And he gets sober in AA in prison and becomes like gung ho, like AA guy until like one thing goes wrong and he drinks, which I'm like, actually, you know, like, Accurate. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, but the way, the thing that I, that I kept thinking of is like, these are not like dreams that people like, they're not like ideal things that people yeah. want. No, they're just going it's back just, to like, uh, life. Yeah. Yeah, just which would be realistic. realistic. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, if like it the was Matrix. like their dream life, then they would be like, "What's going on here? I'm not yeah. famous." Yeah. What yeah, that's why it's they can't make the Matrix too nice. Yeah, you got to have it kind of just be like mm, question. This, is, this is boring. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think it's time to uh, give our final thoughts. Dad, can we go now? You ready? Yeah, we've been ready for an hour. <laughs> okay, I'll be right there. He said that a half hour ago. Yeah, my dad's weird. He gets like that when he's writing. All right, we are going to start with those who've seen the most to those who've seen the <laughs> least. So, Anna, kick us off because you are the, the scholar here when it comes to I think to everyone CBS's knows how I dome. feel, which is that, like, I thought it was delightful, but you should definitely not watch it unless, like, you have time that you're... It's a good laundry folder. I would say a strike yeah. is currently happening. We are going to go through a drought very soon. <laughs> so yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a good, like I, I did a lot of wordle and stuff like while I was watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's good for like when you're not really able to pay full attention, Yeah, but you want to have something on and, but you need to pay enough attention that you can laugh when it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So but you're also, I realize also, I'm someone that actually enjoyed the Flash movie, so no one should listen to me about anything. <laughs> I have not seen it, and it's been on HBO, Ma- or, I'm sorry, Max. Max. Yeah. Whatever. I would like to hear what other people say. I thought okay. Ezra Miller, problematic to the nth degree, I thought yeah. he, he does an amazing job, and that, to me, like, 
enjoyable to see someone perform who we may not, who knows yeah. Yeah. how, much, how many again. performance we will get out of Ezra Miller. Yeah. Moving it's true. forward. That's true. But I would say that if you have enjoyed my commentary, <laughs> then you would enjoy watching. But the thing is, you got to be in it for the long haul to really yeah. enjoy the insanity. So it sounds like thir- the third season's the real dessert. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. There's multiple holes to jump in. <laughs> not not just a zenith. Uh, apparently. Not just a zenith. There's well, just yeah. What about all right? So how many noses are you gonna give it? It's so hard. <laughs> it's to really say. hard. Yeah. I, I mean, as a show, like if I was a TV critic, I would give it like one. You know, yeah. but as someone who had a rough month and was looking for like something to that was low stakes, and that would make me laugh. I had no stakes at all. No stakes at all. And like, just has nothing to do with anything. I'd go with like three. Like I, I had a thoroughly good time and I'm hoping that my recommendation to you all does not fall, you know, flat and that you all have a good time if you watch any more of it too. Well, there's a really great rating system where we can do like how many out of four clown noses, bright red clown noses. And then there's like the negative side where it's like if a movie is like negative four, that means like it's dog shit. But I loved it. Like it's yeah. amazing. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. I wasn't aware so that if we it's had like this. negative, no, no, we, no, no, this we is don't. New. This, this is, is a new so development. <laughs> but I'm saying like for like so bad, it's good. Like for yeah. example, Maximum Overdrive is a negative four all yeah. the way, baby. That movie yeah. rules. But it's garbage. Return Awful. to Sound Slots like a negative two. It's not yeah, like great, so it's like, good, uh, bad, but it's like fun. You don't want to be yeah. negative you know. one or one. No, because then it's like it's like when you go to like nothing. It's like this a C. Like negative three and a half. Like yeah. I mean, ser- negative three and like, a half. That's, that's a good it, score. That's how much I I personally loved it. Again, I totally. this morning I could not stop laughing. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting to that. I, I'm I gonna get to it. my writers group. It was so sad. So, Jen, anyway. I think you are next because I feel like you got. I only got to season two, episode one. That's where I stopped too. So oh, you're oh. Tied. all right. You go. Oh, you yeah. go. You go first. Then. All right. Okay. I remember really hating this the first time I watched it, and I was kind of begrudgingly watching it with Corey. And I liked it a lot more this time than I was expecting to. And I think binging helps a lot, you know, because and watching it in the background, like I was doing a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of hotties in this that I really enjoy. Like Eddie Cahill is in it too in season two, and I love him. Also, Mike, so Colin Ford, do you know who he plays on Supernatural? Oh, doesn't he play this uh, Sam, young Sam? He's young Sam. Yeah, yeah. that's that's it's that okay. floppy hair. You know? Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's a he, that's like the best young Sam because I, I believe they switched mm-hmm. him for someone else eventually they in Supernatural. Do. So yeah. yeah. That said, I I think I'm over it for a while. I may need to take a break and watch some uh, I don't know some spooky true crime shit yeah. for a little bit. But I'm going to give it a two. No, I thought it was it was a lot better than I expected it to be. So yeah, yeah. but just to have a hard time reconciling Jim with the big Jim from the book. Well, I think we're on the same page because uh, we're you know it's it is hard to be critical on something that's not really my bag because like again right. as I said earlier it's like it's so rare that I watch network television these days and I and 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 I know I don't want it to sound pompous when I say that a lot of TV but it's just yeah it's a, there's a lot of great TV too like that I I yeah. still haven't even gotten to like how to with John Wells I mean I that's like everyone's telling please watch this and I'm like all right I'll get to it eventually 
you know, I'm just getting to justify it. And that show is like fucking 15 years old, 12, 13 years old. <laughs> so, you know, it's rare that I'm going to like primetime TV. And I know that that sounds really pompous. But anyway, all I'll say is that, you know, all this time removed since it first premiered, you know, I was really only like two years removed from reading the novel when it premiered. So I was, I was like you, Jen, where I was like, this isn't the book. I, I don't like it. I'm still going to wait week to week to watch it. And I think waiting the week to week made me lessen the experience altogether. Yeah. And I will say binging it does keep the energy and momentum going. Like I, I, you know, even, it, even as it does start to deflate, you still kind of have, you, all you have to do is wait about 10 more minutes and then all of a sudden there'll be an arc that gets thrown at you. You're like, oh, okay. Which is literally how all so- soap operas are. I mean, like that, that's just how it is. So, you know, I, I think in that sense, it, it is entertaining. It's very middle of the road TV and it's very thin emotionally and there's no aesthetic and the narrative is just bonkers. But, you know, I, I, I couldn't find my, you know, I did find myself feeling, oh, let's give it another one. Let's just, let's give it another mm-hmm. one. So, I think I'll give this two also. I'll give it two bright red Pennywise clown noses and maybe one of Barbie's cigarettes because even watching this show, I had to tempt me. I'm two weeks in and not having a cigarette. So I was like, I was like, great. A fucking network show has people smoking. Are you kidding me? Like I said, I'm not watching Mad Men. It's like, come on. Like, that actually goes out like that stops. By the way, like, I was going to say like, it's it's like, it's it's such a weird. Well, I guess because Angie's not around anymore to ask for cigarettes, so it's yeah. like yeah. all right. Well, Eventually, they're gonna smoke them all too. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is true. That oh, in that a would week, be yeah. Like that, with that'd that, be something. Many cigarettes Wait. and that much coffee. Yeah. Like that don't goes down. And those and up. all those guns. <laughs> like, hey, if this was 1950s, the, the, they would be gone. That's, I, I was yeah. watching The Hustler a few weeks ago. I was like, good lord, everyone has a fucking cigarette. Like every two seconds, it's like God. The whole top would be like yellow. Just you know? yeah. Oh, just <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Ashley, round us out. Two. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. I, you know, I watched it. uh, I had, I had read the book probably in the same year that it was released, I would say, because I was a little late on the book. And I remember being very excited and I didn't make it past the first episode. I was just like, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't nothing like the book. This is too watered down. I can't do it. And this time I made it to four. So maybe the next time I try to watch it, I'll make it through a whole season. Yeah, maybe to eight. Maybe I'll make it all uh, to eight. I'll double it, you know? Maybe I'll double it. (laughs) Uh, Well, you have to be happy because guess what? This wraps up our time finally in Chester's Mill. Lord. Um, I know. Are you, are you, are you elated, Ashley? Is this, it's been, it's been like a month and a half. You know, I might not talk about Under the Dome for a while. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fortunately, me and you get to talk about that in 1922 soon. Yeah, uh, which so is a that'll romp. be fun. Real romp, real happy times. Wait, what are you talking about? We're going to do 1922 next, next. So that's oh. a nice 180 from this. Yeah. Jesus. High stakes. Let's do some plugs before we go. So, Anna, tell us what you have uh, coming up this fall. And uh, uh, well, we- um, Podcast-wise, I have a science fiction podcast called Space the Nation, which just happens to have a missed episode coming up. And we're also going to do The Shining. I've like, I missed y'all. I missed, I missed y'all. So I, I, I had to enforce um, some. I had to force some Stephen King on my uh, co-host, who is a international relations professor and much more hard sci-fi kind of guy. But nice. um, so we're going nice. to do The Shining and The Mist. But recent stuff we did, we they cloned Tyrone, which by the uh. way. Very, very good. I loved it. 
Love, yeah. Um, we just did both Meg movies. That was fun. Oh. I've been wanting to watch the second one. Like it's fun. It's well, they're fun. fun. It's like, fun? All right. If you're yeah. gonna, they clone Tyrone is a, it's like yeah, a much much better movie. But oh, those I bet. Are fun. <laughs> yeah. And then I am a columnist for the New Republic, and actually have a cover story coming up soon on trauma, political trauma. Oh God. Of interest, I think, to many of the people on this panel and perhaps and to listeners as well. Anyone living in America, I would say. Because <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's what it's about. That's yeah. that American political trauma. Where uh, where can they find you? I am on the blue sky uh, and on Instagram, also both at Anna Marie Cox. And then I have a website, www.com. AnnaMarieCox.com. Hey, that's for, uh, yeah. <laughs> what if where, it was under the dome.com slash 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 um and I actually my writing workshop is gonna start up again in nice. September. So if people are interested in memoir writing. Very sweet. Hey, look. look, this is we just did a we just talked about memoirs last year. So we you know I love a no, good memoir, I'm, I am here to help if you, you hear that. Go for it. Go for it. So, All right. Ashley, it is spooky season. <laughs> you know, I want to ask, are you keeping it weird? Oh, you know it, dog. Yeah, we're keeping yeah. it weird. We have a really cool guest coming up. I'm actually interviewing them tomorrow. Um, not really well known outside of the paranormal circles, but we have Greg and Dana Newkirk coming on the show um, from the documentary Hellier. They also have the oh, nice. Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and the Occult. And then, uh, yeah, we've got some really banger episodes for September, and we've already got our Halloween lineup. We are doing classic monsters, um, so we'll have an episode breaking down the history and the the themes of Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, Swamp Thing, and the Mummy. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And then we always have our uh, very famous Halloween episode of... Uh, a lot of listener ghost stories, so real ghost Love stories it. that people send in and we score and put sound effects behind, so it's really great. You can find us at, at Keep It Weird Cast on Instagram and Twitter. Sweet. Sweet. Jen, time to try and catch us up on the girls on the boys, which I have to imagine this next season's got to be coming up soon. I, like if, if it it's is, in the yeah. Can. I think the strike is holding. I think the announcement of when it's coming back, okay. but we know Gen V is coming, which is said. I think after season three, between season four, and then season four is coming. But yeah, you can find me and Rachel Reeves also hosting the girls on the boys, which is about Amazon Prime series The Boys. We just started, or we're about to start dropping our season two coverage. Which, you know, a lot of shit to talk about there. And um, so, yeah, find me at Jim Ferratu. And then writing about a lot of stuff. I just, yeah. um, Mike and I just worked together on a Slother House interview, which was so much fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm going to be watching that after this, uh, after, after it's this episode. It's so good. So, it's very yeah. stupid. Yeah. I don't think it's a good movie, but it's so much fun. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Well, we're going to become uh, more morbid and we're going to be covering Full Dark. No stars. Uh, so you're going to get God, book episodes this month on 1922 and Big Driver before month's end. And lo and behold, a third book. Oh, yes, there is another, as uh, Yoda says in, I think, Return of the Jedi. Uh, or no, Empire Strikes Back. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Our, <laughs> the third episode, the book, because King has a new book this month. Holly, we did 
Three hours on it last weekend. It's coming out Mm -hmm. September 5th. We have the book episode that's going to be exclusive, as all new book episodes are, to the Barons, www.patreon.com slash the Barons. So if you've gone out and grabbed the book and come home and read all of it and finished it in 24 hours, the book episode will be sitting there waiting for you. All you have to do is just become a member of the Barons. And, you know, we'll probably have about 30 more episodes in the next couple of weeks. So just <laughs> follow us on socials, Facebook, Instagram, X, whatever the hell that's called anymore, even though it's still Twitter and the, the website. I mean, well, it's I ridiculous. Guess. Yeah. You know, follow us on Instagram. It's a much more, I love Instagram so much. And we put a lot yeah. of our attention in Instagram and that's where we have all the better followers anyway. No shade to the actual followers that follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You, got, you are all are great, but... You know, Instagram's fun too. Instagram's the least toxic. I agree. You get the photo, you get to see cool photos of things all the time. I find myself watching reels for three hours straight and then I don't know where I am. So it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun social media. Also something people do, but I don't I'm it's not toxic over there. It's it's very nice over there. Everyone's very happy to be alive. I trust you. Trust the young ones on that one. I I go I go Instagram reels. No, you can't go Instagram reels. My husband does Instagram reels and he's constantly showing me reels that I saw a month ago on TikTok. So I have but to that's be like, the thing. I am this is the thing about being an old person is that that's how I consume TikTok is on uh-huh. Instagram reels. Yes. Because you know the it's, good ones are eventually going to make it over there. That's it's like right. it's like when it's like when my mom would call me and she'd be like, "Oh, I saw that new movie." I was like, "Oh, where'd you see it?" Oh, it was on FX, which means it came out like two years ago. Yeah, and uh-huh. that's how I am exactly. I'm the same way. Yes. Like the, same. with with Instagram, like I'm cool with that. I don't need to add the. Even though I hear TikTok's fine. Anyway, we're not on TikTok <laughs> because I, I I don't think any of us really want to do it. But we are on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, and Facebook. Club Gen X, you know, like Tangent, know, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, have the nine hundred two and zero theme play. <laughs> Look, this has been a wild episode because this has been a wild yeah. show. And this has been a wild run through Under the Dome. And Lord Almighty knows that we have another epic run similar to this coming in November when we do six, if not eight, if not 10 episodes dedicated to 11 We got a wild year. So stick around and we'll be seeing you over long days. And, and pleasant, pleasant nights. This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.